true believers, and welcome to Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. Hey, what's up? I'm Alan. I'm Chewy. I'm Ian. And I'm Ryan. Welcome to Wait, our why latest. was I the boring one? I don't know. It's <laughs> I mean, your I was, choice. <laughs> what, I was trying you, to start boring so that you guys would join me, and then Ryan was forced to be enthusiastic for once, but you guys <laughs> blew it all up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you blew it all up. <laughs> <laughs> you Damn maniacs. You. Oh, man. Uh, well, welcome to Pla- Planet of the Allen. <laughs> welcome to episode number fourteen. Um, thank you for listening, all of you. If you're new, if you're one of, if you're new to the Four Color Fortress with the Four Color Comrades, that's right. We're branding ourselves. Uh, welcome. Wait, what, what episode is this? Fourteen. Right. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Fourteen. Yeah. It's weird, right? Can't believe I hang out with you guys that much. It's a fortnight. <laughs> We could still all stand at each other. Um, it's almost yeah. like I have friends. <laughs> almost. almost. Yeah. Um, so if you are new to the show, welcome. Uh, so for each show, we kind of want to let you know kind of who we are, what we do here, just in case it's your first show. But before we do that, if you like what we do here, there are some ways you can reach out to us. Um, way number one is we do have a website, fourcolorpodcast.com. So all the things I'm about to tell you that you can do, you can do through there. Uh, we also are part of the Stuff and Things podcast network. That's Stuff and Things, and uh, so what, you can find us at stuffandthingsnetwork.com uh, and you can check out some of the other shows there. Uh, they might pique your interest. Um, you can also uh, reach out to us via email. We do have an email, a fourcolorpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also are on um, on the Twitters. Uh, we are on Twitter at, at fourcolorpod. And we also do have a uh, Facebook page. I believe it's facebook.com slash fourcolorpodcast. Four color. If you look up four color commentary, you'll see a little colorful box with our faces in it. And you'll be like, hey, that's the guys. And give so, us a thumbs up. And you can give us a cool thumbs up. We will feel that. validated as humans. Yes, we will. I, I need technological validation. We do. <laughs> so <laughs> before we break down what we do every every time in the show, let's go around the circle and break down who we are. Like, oh, get us yeah. down to our, our, our primal... Yeah. <laughs> get us down to our primal... Alan. Go, Alan. So, no, Alan, you can go first. Uh, okay. Metal yeah. Chewy's leading the show this time. Go. <laughs> uh, oh, is this... Okay. He's giving you a soundtrack. I, I, I see that now. It's making me a little uncomfortable, actually. I know actually. it is. He's just going to keep doing it, though. <laughs> Hi, my name is Alan, and I read pretty much everything, and I really like art things. Go! <laughs> I'm Chewy. I like things that are metal, um, and I can't provide my own breakdown soundtrack this is not spanish flea this is another song i wrote see that how it seems different there fly um i like things that are fly i like things that are the episode title i'm good for that I like things that are metal, uh, blood, zombies, uh, punching heads off, uh, but also really cool and weird stories. Hi, my name is Ian. Um, I tend to read a lot. Hi, Ian. Hi. Hi. Um, I have been a comics lover for... 14 weeks now uh, <laughs> uh 14 could uh, be no 14 times two so yeah, it's, multiply yeah that. quite a bit i'm not good at math uh hence why i'm in this group um i tend to read wow. uh, what, what i'm not the you guys are i'm not the one who's good at math you guys are good at math wait one of us is good at math yeah i'd imagine i think pretty, you are i'm pretty sure i'm really? liberal arts major anyway so, so, so i like super, i like comics, kind of comics like. that have superheroes in them um that people fly around and saving people but i'm pretty easy customer so i I'm open to read a lot of different comics, and I like something uh, about everything that I read. Hi, I'm Ryan. It's my turn now. Uh, I like comics that are sort of 
not like the mainstream normal stuff, I guess. I like comics as art, comics as literature, stuff that makes me laugh, tells good stories, science fiction, kids-friendly stuff. I can't wait for that t-shirt, dude. Comics <laughs> as art. I think I'm going to just buy like a shirt. white shirt and write out with a Sharpie and go see you one day. Uh, so to break down. I need that and then Alan's shirt too. I have things. <laughs> and Alan, Batman's great. Yeah. Um, so uh, to kind of break down what we do here Catch on the show, uh, we have four different segments of our show. Uh, segment number I one is up. Here's My Issue, where each of us bring an issue to the table, something that we thought is cool or neat and we want the others to read. And then we go through and discuss everybody's comic. Uh, part number two of the show we have is First Prints. Uh, First Prints is we go through a uh, important comic run, a graphic novel, um, something like that, something that's kind of seminal or something maybe, maybe it's a new, modern more modern classic and we kind of read it and talk about it this time it's a big one it's one that we've been waiting for a while but we'll we'll save till we get there um Part number three of the show we have is the four-color character compendium where we talk about a comic book character, a hero, a villain, doesn't matter, male, female, a writer, somebody who's important to comics in some way. Usually it tends to be superheroes or supervillains or superheroines. But yeah, that's the four-color character compendium. And the last uh, part of our show we have, as always, is Back Matter. Uh, Back Matter is kind of just general comic book chat. We talk about movies, news, and goings-on in the comic book world. So now that you know uh, who we are, what the game is, we are all ready to go, and so we will begin. So we'll start with here's my issue. So Chewy, I believe you drew the short, the proverbial short straw this time. I did, I did. Um, so the book that I brought is called Cryptozoic Man, and it's put out by Dynamite. And you may recognize it's, it has a little star power behind it for the uh, non-comic book fan per se, if you are familiar with the AMC television show Comic Book Men. Mm-hmm. Um, let me... Uh, Basically, no. they're like us, but not as good. <laughs> Whoa, man. Wow. Uh, Sick burn. <laughs> well, I have a lot of faith in us. Don't Aww. Aww. I also, I also like the Comic Book Men, so yes. let's not insult people that we like. Well, I wasn't insulting them. Oh, I mean, man. they try really hard. Luckily, you're like, riding a 10-speed because you're backpedaling pretty hard. Well, you know. <laughs> Anyway, I don't get it. Because on ten speeds you can pedal backwards, unlike traditional like kids bikes where you pedal backwards you break. Not just you can do that on like a twenty one speed. Right, I'm, yeah. it's a joke. It, actually, you can even do it on a anyway on a single gear as <laughs> long oh as you God. have the. Never mind. This is gonna be a long podcast. Guys, Ryan knows bikes. Okay, but you so. know what? You know Chewy Cryptozoic Man, and that's what we're here I to talk about. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Cryptozoic Man uh, again, uh, written and drawn um, by two of uh, by two of the comic book men uh cast and star power you have brian johnson and walter flanagan uh doing this book but um you may have seen the episode on the show they actually come up with the idea for this they draw characters and then they go pitch it to dynamite it goes into production and all that stuff uh long story short there is a man a cryptozoic man he's made up as an amalgamation of all these cryptozoological um creatures all these cryptoids if you will and he has to essentially save everything um so i'd love to hear what you guys had to say but i want to see what you guys thought because i know when i read the book initially i um it was a little bit different than what i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. and um yeah it's, it's quite interesting so i want to hear you guys so this is my first time reading this book i mean even though i'm a giant fan of the kevin smith organization and you know, all the stuff they do smodcast and all that stuff um 
it was definitely different than what I was expecting. Uh, it's definitely a chewy book. There's a lot of violence uh, in the story, <laughs> a lot of blood and uh, mayhem, and a lot of creepy darkness. It's that very it's correct. It's a lot darker than I thought it would be. Um, that's for sure. Um, I, I thought it was going to be creepy and kind of swamp thing esque, which it kind of is, but. Ooh, they take it up a notch. It's like Swamp Thing meets John Carpenter's The Thing at certain points. Like there's just all sorts of nasty, weird <coughs> grossness running around this book. But um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I'll be honest. The story when I first started reading, I had to read through it again. It was a little confusing the first time because we kind of got thrown right in the middle of the action. Yeah, um, it was. Anyways, I felt that way. Like I felt like when we first started, we'd kind of get a little bit of an idea. But he's we so we start with we start with him in the middle of a fight. We don't see his origin right away like with the traditional superhero book where you're like, oh, this is. This is Batman. His parents were killed, and now we start the action. It's just like, hey, here's this guy, and they're like, well, how the heck did he get all these things and stuff on his arms? We don't, we don't learn that just yet, um, not right away. Um, well, before that, even we yeah. start with the super like ominous, creepy, dark opening. Yeah, when it's just like lust, glutton, pride, and stuff yeah. like that. You're like, yeah, oh, we can't is... think of the other seven deadly scenes, but those three are good. So <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so we can't be arts to come up with the other four. <laughs> we don't know that maybe there's, there's more issues of this. There are more issues. I'm going to defend Brian Johnson, man. He's my boy. There's more, <laughs> there's more issues. So, um, all right, cool. So what else? Um, so overall story wise, I don't know. What did you guys think? I thought the story was kind of a mess. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Uh, I was, it was sort of like, like, well, let's, let's make it super dark. So it's sort of like halfway quote something that sounds kind of like scripture and let's draw like a poop monster <laughs> that he's like fighting and maybe like he had like a kid that disappeared but he didn't try to find her because he knew he was gone and <laughs> he got cut in half by aliens and then this guy in this pig mask and alternate dimensions that's that's this is my recap of this book okay okay um alan what was your thoughts on the story I'm kind of with Ryan. On this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so overall, I mean, mm, out of all the books that we've read in the in the last 14 issues, this one le- makes the least amount of sense to me. Okay. And, so you're saying you like lot. Haunt? I like I like Haunt better than this book. Okay. Ooh. You heard it, you heard it here yes. first, folks. That's, Alan likes Haunt. <laughs> I like Haunt better than this book. Uh, Ryan's totally right. This story just jumps all around. Maybe because they decided not to set it up in uh, in a traditional way with an origin of any kind, but also because they decide to set it up with something that makes no sense. I, I, maybe it's allegory. Maybe it's metaphor. I'm not entirely sure. Also, they cut the aliens cut him in half and then apply pieces parts to him. Great, except in the panel where they hate words. He's on the table and he's cut in half. He has no bones. He has little vertebrae sticking that's out of his neck. That's what the little zipper parts are. Yeah. They that's zipped his body. way anatomically incorrect. And I understand that it doesn't really matter. I was going to say, like, that's, <laughs> that's the only thing that's anatomically It's really like, bugging me. He's like, got, his <laughs> arm is the head of a plesiosaur. <laughs> not even a plesiosaur. That's not a plesiosaur. That's the Loch Ness Monster. That's the Loch Ness Monster. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. It he's looks, equal parts the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot. <laughs> he's not equal the, parts. He's hold on. He has one Bigfoot. That's He's also the Jersey Devil. Um, yeah, so I he's saw that episode of X Files. He's equal parts all these different monsters. Here's he's, the thing: he's I've, a Mothman I've, of sort of also, like yeah, the Mothman. He's got the. It's mm-hmm. the Jersey Devil, by the way. Yeah, um, that's what I said. No, he said that. He's, it's multiple. Like, he's multiple. Yeah. Wait, what's the Mothman? Look, this one. Right what's, here. A, what's a Mothman? The Mothman. No, that's the Jersey Devil. That's the Jersey Devil. No, this one's the Jersey Devil. 
What does it say next to it? The Mothman is the, the thirteenth child of a mother leads curse at birth as a demon by its own mother. Yeah, that's, that's the Jersey that, Devil. The Mothman yeah. is oh. the one is the the With thing the that people eyes, people right? see it before as some sort of major catastrophe. Oh, okay. what happened before, before the Silver Bridge collapse. Yeah, yeah I West kind of would you know it would have been nice for them to actually blatantly say what it was. But and then he's fighting this weird S and M pig man. Yeah, who looks like. <laughs> A S&M pigman Lex Luthor. Yeah. Because he's riding this golden chariot type hoverboard thing. No, that's, that's thing. totally... Oh, no, that's totally... That's totally, like, completely exactly what Orion from the New Gods rides. Oh, That's, yeah. like, exactly okay. his, his uh, little totally flying right. thingy. So, and then... I, it's just... It's... I get that it's trying to set something up. The only problem is there's no inkling of what that is at all. They talk in riddles. They talk in metaphors. They talk in nonsense a lot of the time. And it just okay. I'm sure Chewie maybe they were trying Orgian, to be cryptic. If, oh, I see what you did there. Uh, I think so. Yeah. If somebody can explain this to me, <clears throat> so then I'm sure I will find something to like about it. Yeah, the, it is definitely cryptic. Um, that's part of why I have read this book a few times. Um, you know, I read it, and immediately the first thing I did was say what just happened and I read it again uh, start to finish and then there were certain pages I would just flip back and forth between um, now it's definitely one of those things where you know I mean it, it's done by comic book fans as you can see from the references that you're talking about you know the Orion thing um, and also you know fans of like horror movies and all that sort it, of yeah it, it's it's done it's it's done by people who not only like horror movies and and like you're saying like like that but also this to me is a comic book version of a B movie B movies usually have very little explanation as to what's going on it's just like here you go this is what it is and usually they have all sorts of heavy-handed especially sci-fi ones heavy-handed weird language that you're like what is going on this makes no sense yeah. like take I, I will say this maybe, maybe you know, maybe, think well, like Mano's hands of faith yeah no, or, no, I understand. Think of any, I say, anything I understand on mystery science theater. Is. So <laughs> when um, when you see them tossing uh, on the show ideas back and forth and like saying, "Hey, we should create this," you can kind of see when they're coming up with these characters. How it's like, "Oh yeah, totally. Let's totally make them like this. Let's totally make them like that." So there's a little tongue in cheek with that in terms of you know making it just a little bit over the top with the half scripture sort of stuff. Yeah. I will say this. Um, you know, I did have to go back again, like I said, and read it a bunch. I think if this could have come out together with issue two mm-hmm. as a longer issue, um, having read issue two and, mm-hmm. and three, I haven't read the fourth one yet. But having read the first three, this plus the second one, I think, makes a lot more sense. It leaves you hanging a little bit less, gives you a little bit more info. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just kind of put you in, in that action without any exposition and leave you there until the next issue if you um, combine the two. You know what I mean? So I, I, I understand. I, I can understand why it's not. I guess that makes sense, but I feel like the the objective of a single of a first issue, like we've read a bunch of first issues, it's always like, okay, well, I want to find out more. I want to find out where this goes. And it seems like at the end of this, I, I don't know, it, it didn't seem like it set up for anything. It kind of seemed like okay, well, we had this big fight, and now that's over, and now whatever was assumed is now completely flipped, and he has to go do this other thing. Yeah. It just, it doesn't feel like there's any reason to read a second one, because technically it's over. I mean, you could keep reading if you wanted to, but, I I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he was fighting the bad guy, and then they found out, oh, the bad guy's not really the bad guy, 
and now he's a good guy, and that's it. Like, yeah. I don't really have a reason to read a number two. Okay. Well, you can find out more about the cryptozoological creatures. Also, that... he just looks like crap. Oh, <laughs> I'm I disagree. Sorry. I disagree. I no, think he looks I, bad. I, he looks like a monster. Like this, this is something that's done in my brain, and maybe I'm, you might disagree, but it's done in my brain. In my brain, the same vein as a swamp thing or a man thing. Maybe it's a little bit further out there. You don't have to agree with me on that. I just, I'm, I'm, I don't. There's something to be said about asymmetry, but there's also something to be said about coherent thought. And like swamp thing, man thing. I mean, yeah, they're they're monsterish and they're misunderstood and this kind of thing. But they they have a sense of self. And in this character, I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. I should stop talking. No, you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You just don't care for you don't care for um, the character design. I, yeah, I, 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 I think it's kind of weird and offbeat yeah. and messed up. That's why I kind of like it. But okay, I can, I can respect your point. I, I can see that. Like, right. like I didn't read this book the first time and say, oh man, that is like the best comic book ever written. I did not. That's why I had to read it again. And having read further uh, into the series, I'm like, okay, cool. The first book makes a lot more sense now. And, you know, you're right. I, I agree with you. That's why I'm saying if issues one and two were to be combined and even be an issue, a longer issue, I think that would, um, I think, play a lot uh, better in, in some people's, you know, minds when they read it and stuff like that. I do like it just being over the top, you know, for that aspect of it and it just being super dark for, like, no reason. Again, that B uh, movie thing mm-hmm. just kind of appealed to me. But... Um, yeah, I thought it had some pretty cool, uh, panel structure, some layouts and stuff like that. I thought it also had some pretty cool, uh, little moments and not really like a splash page or two, but just some really cool things like where the, uh, aliens totally obliterate that like biker dude and you just see him like disintegrating yeah. <laughs> like from the, from the, uh, from the skeleton and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty metal. I don't know. I thought it was, I thought <laughs> it's it was a very metal book. I yeah. thought it was oh, yeah. a very metal, yes, very is. chewy book. It um, was. And it I is. will say this. When we did learn why the cryptids and what everything means, I did have that moment of, that is really clever. I would mm-hmm. never have thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely did kind of turn it around on me. But the one thing I will say is this. Because it did make me go back and reread it and reread it and reread it. This is one of my few um, newer comic books that I have actually gone through probably the most. Um, It's something that Kevin Smith kind of mentioned one time, I think, about comic books as a medium where he talks about the reason that it's so special is because you can do it at your pace. You can go back, go back, go back, Mm -hmm. go back. Yeah. Grant Morrison said that same sort of (coughs) deal. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. And, um, not necessarily like, cause yeah, in a movie you could rewind it, rewind it, you know, whatever, skip back, skip back, but it's always going to play out. That one scene will always play out in two seconds, Mm -hmm. you know, where Mm -hmm. this, you can spend two minutes on one panel or whatever, just analyze it. So it did get me more engaged with books in general, and I realize that I do take more time and more care when reading books now because of this. It's like, hey, you're going to miss stuff. So uh, it did kind of forces you to engage it, whether you want to or not. It's like, I'm going to use my Nessie tentacles and bring you in. I mean, for... For me, I would continue to read it, but but because honestly, a because I like the guys who write it. So based on that, I would continue to read it. Based on also the fact it's a four issue miniseries, I feel like it's not too much of my time to to be like, oh my gosh, oh my, I can't take the time to read this. I I would give it, an, I would continue reading it, and I like kind of the B movie weird aspect of it, and I kind of 
Maybe I don't know. Maybe I read a different comic. I feel like than than Ryan and, and Alan read because I, I I didn't. Let's put it this way: was I like over the top, over the moon about? It? I was like, no, it was it was it was something I read. But I would definitely give it for me. I'd give it a second issue just to see where it happens. My but. my yeah, my biggest motivation um, in going forward with the series was you know, hey, I want to see where this goes because I like the guys. I want to see what you know what their vision was. Mm-hmm. And besides. We didn't get the creepy clown in this one. That's no, on the cover. No, there's a creepy clown. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to see that guy. So um, he definitely pays off. <laughs> I, does anybody else just find it a little bit funny that he needed to be part Sasquatch and part Yeti? <laughs> yes, yes. I was like, why? But it, that's what kind of made like, it funny. We ran out of cryptids. And we're oh, like, there's uh, yeah, <laughs> cryptids. They're stuff, different. But, um, I just I thought that was kind of funny. Sort of. Yeah, What's a know. snow squatch? One of them is from the world of one of them is from the world of of Monsters Incorporated. Obviously, that is true. Oh yeah, because he likes snow cones. Welcome yes, to does. the Himalayas. I did also. It's like lemon. It. They're lemon. They're, they're lemon page. flavor. <laughs> yeah, yes. the demon I, page is pretty. I feel metal. like the I feel like the common thread that Ian and Chu have that you and I are missing, Alan, is that we don't know the guys who who were involved with like this. I feel like it, I feel yeah. like if we were. Like if we were fans of comic book men and we sort of understood where they're coming from, that a lot of this would would maybe resonate more with us. It's very possible. And so, so nothing against the book, but no. um, I, I feel like I have a few things. Against I, the I, have book, feel, I, I have a feel. I have a feel. I feeling this is a little bit of an experiment in ridiculousness because yeah. it's like how it's ridiculous can we make this? Def- definitely not for everyone. I can definitely yeah. not for the children. I can understand no, the B aspect. Yeah. I can understand it. I just feel like it takes itself too seriously to actually be read that way. Mm-hmm. At least in my mind. Sure. So, okay. Yeah, I can that's see that. why. Well, uh, yeah. So Chewy, I still yeah. love you. So I mean, I I'd say give it a read if you're kind of interested to see uh, you know how this plays out. The book that we're kind of split on, and also a little bit experimental. If you're a fan of the show uh, and all that stuff, check it out. You can find it um, at your local brick and mortar comic book shop. You know, we Ian and I go to Fat and Huntington, mm-hmm. uh, Huntington Beach, California. Go do it at. Uh, at you know, Comicsology online or iBooks, you know, yeah, you can check like out, you can well. ch- take a look around and see where you can find it. I know or for sure it's from uh, it directly from uh, Jay and the, Silent Bob Secret Stash. Exactly. You can order them from Jay and Silent Bob Secret Stash. Uh, so, so th- there's a few ways. Silentbob.com. Yeah, a few yeah. ways. You can order uh, directly from the comic book men themselves. Yeah, there was also a rumor. I don't know how much validation there is or whatever, but when the, the pre-orders were happening, you could or, like you know order it as it came out and say, I want you know this book or whatever, or I want a signed copy or whatever, and you pay for that. But there's also like a rumor that if you bought the autographed copies, that they would somehow, I don't know if like during the printing ink or while they were signing it at some point in each book, they wanted to do the kiss thing. Do you guys remember the kiss oh, thing? Gosh, from the they album? put their they put their blood in the ink. They said they, they wanted it. to put their blood somewhere, somewhere in the book in the and someone said Gosh. i don't think they'll, they'll let you mix it in with the ink and they're like well maybe it doesn't have to happen when it's being printed maybe it can <laughs> happen when we sign it so yep. if you want a copy that is potentially a biohazard <laughs> yeah exactly i don't think either of these two guys is any sort of well uh, this is why you need to come <laughs> Um, That's why we read your books uh, with gloves. Yes. All right. Silly. What's the What's the next book here? So moving forward, uh, the next book um, will actually be uh, my book uh, that I brought this time. Uh, it mm. is issue number one 
of the new 52 run of the flash um it's written and drawn and kind of co-created uh by uh francis manipole i think it's Brian Bussolato or Bussolato, something like that. Um, I always get his name last. His last Can name you just wrong. say his name like that all the time? Boop, Brian Bussolato. Bussolato. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's the first. So it's just much like we talked a little bit about uh, the new Fifty Two here and there. Uh, kind of DC decided to kind of sort of reboot their universe. Kind of, uh, sort of, but kind of totally. Sort of. Well, kind of, sort of. There's <laughs> I mean, some, Batman still exists. Some things, it's some things. Superman. Well. Some some things held over. Um, but this is a comic that I picked up. I've always had an interest in the Flash, but I never really knew where to start. But I thought this might be just kind of a fun place to start. Um, so uh, kind of a brief plot synopsis. It just kind of follows typical Barry Allen. He's at a uh, some sort of gala event, and then all of a sudden these these soldiers bust in, and start shooting the place up, and he turns in the Flash, and a action sequence ensues, and there's a little bit of little bit of detective work in here, um, and yeah, I won't spoil the ending because that's kind of it leaves on that cliffhanger of like what's going on, what what's going to happen next. So, um, but enough about me talking about it. What do you guys think of the book? I thought it read pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really does. It really no, does. It does. Actually. It does. <laughs> I because because the Flash and he's, he's the quickster. Yeah, he's yeah. a fast guy. I, yes. I thought it read pretty uh, pretty quickly as well. It, it kind of like I had to I had to readjust for the 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 first third because it was very like actiony, and then the middle third was very like not slow, but like it changed pace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the third part was actiony again. So it kind of like, what? I kind of had to get used to it, but mm-hmm. uh, no, I thought a lot it was, of quick change. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm going to keep making fast puns. I can't, <laughs> I can't stop it. Um, also, I, I don't, the last flash thing that I read mm-hmm. was flash rebirth. Mm-hmm. So that was Jeff Johns, a much different kind of writing style. Sure. Um, absolutely. But I like both. And I actually, um, this, this Barry Allen to me is a lot more, um, not naive, not, but like he seems a lot more uh, boyish. Yeah, know? not as not yeah. as drawn down as the old Barry Allen was. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I don't know. I it, this was an interesting read. And I was really excited to read it. Um, I really liked how they like right off the bat they mention uh, tapped into the Speed Force, which was a new thing right before the reboot. Right. Um, mm-hmm. He, they do the thing where he can vibrate at a certain frequency and like create tornadoes with his arms, which mm-hmm. is really cool. That was something that kind of developed over time with Flash. Mm-hmm. Now he's got it right off the bat. Oh, and the ring costume. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even know that he has that, and it's like, you know, front and center here. It's really cool the way they sort of reveal it yeah. in the credits page almost. And yeah. They, and yeah. they go in later issues, they kind of explain mm-hmm. how it works as like a series of, of plates that kind of come together to create that costume. Mm-hmm. So while it looks like a solid, it's actually like a series of small plates that come together. It's pretty neat because they, and they use that later on kind of, well, I won't give it away, but they, 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 that comes into effect later on. Um, what'd you guys think? Uh, well, true. What, what, what else did you, did you have anything mm-hmm. else you want to say about the, the story at all? <coughs> The story I thought um, was pretty interesting. They did a really good job at kind of setting it up to pull you in really quick, but um, at the same time, you know, it just seemed a little. Even though you have a cliffhanger at the end, it did feel a little self-contained for me, where I kind of wanted a, a little bit more of uh, engagement. I guess I just felt like oh, I'm just kind of watching things happen, um, but I loved looking at it the way that it was done because I visually like mm-hmm. this thing is just rad man um i also like some of the little touches like at the end where um barry is running along with his friend who's somehow you know like alive and stuff like that you yeah. know um how i at 
first I was just kind of like, okay, cool. He's just going to stop him. But then I was like, well, you know, he's not wearing his costume. How He's not just going to start running really fast and like say, hey, that's, you know, there I am. I'm going to do this right now. And so he kind of does. I don't know if it's intentional. It kind of looks like it's intentional to me where he trips and falls in the water. Uh-huh. Um, and mm-hmm. then yeah, you know, yeah. he's just like, oh, I'm fast now. And he, that's where he uses the opportunity to change into uh, his costume. I thought that was pretty rad. Cool. Um Anybody else on the story? Anybody else have anything to say on that? Oh, I, I thought I thought the yeah. story really well introduced all the players, all the main characters that we're going to be dealing with. It gives us Iris West, and it gives us Barry Allen, and it gives us you know his coworkers and what he does as a job, and and sort of what his social life looks like, and what his life looks like outside of Flash. It was a really good like, intro, reintroduction yeah. of the character. I thought they did a good job at getting all those, but I did have one problem with all sure, that. Sure, go ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, and maybe I'm missing something where Iris introduces herself to the Flash by saying Iris West, Central uh, Central City citizen. Mm. Like I've never identified myself as. I'm, I'm pretty sure that she's <laughs> saying she writes for the Central City, City citizen, citizen, which is a newspaper. Oh. That's kind of what I was assuming there because she had okay. like a. I know. She, I was I, in I, it seemed it yeah. seemed very much like a yeah. I if, did not know that. I was yeah, just, I just saying just citizen. Saying, well, I thought it was just like you know like. I feel like, like they could have said you know the newspaper or something jo- like that. Yeah. <laughs> John Smith, Central City PD. You I get. That's kind of what I thought. I get. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so what, it makes a lot more sense. What you're let me ask you this, because this I'm is a, the story I, I enjoy. But what drew I'm me in on this book was the art that? and the character design. Like for citizen. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys think of the art and like the character design and that sort of stuff? I was just about to talk about the art because I love the art in this book. Mm, it's really, too. really good. It's got like this really cool um, kind of cartoony look to yeah. it, but not like overly cartoony. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was reading this. I'm like, how do I do? Right, <laughs> like that, I, I, to, I love this art. Yeah, I need yeah. to start drawing like this. Um, mm-hmm. Also, this page right here, which I think is seventeen, where it's got the breakdown of him walking around the the apartment, and it's got that time lapse mm-hmm. feel to it, but it's just him in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it's not just a top down; the edges bleed away, so it's uh, slanted up at the top and slanted down at the bottom. Yeah. So um, everything is kind of like skewed. It's not just a top down. Yeah. And then in the top right, where he's like, "I got to run to the lab real quick." And you see half of them running out to the corner, a little panel that goes plunk, like a picture inside the lab. And then yeah. he's back and he's got it in his hand it's as if he just ran there and ran back and, <laughs> you know, real quick. And um, I don't know, this this was just like a really cool uh, storytelling piece, really well done in the entire aspect of the art just being fantastic mm-hmm. and not 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 blatant or bu- uh, not uh, not busy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like detailed, but not busy. I love the way they do the coloring in this. Oh, book. yeah. I was going to say, I really like the colors. I think it's watercolor. I'm still not quite sure, but I'm pretty sure it's watercolor. I've seen mm. uh, Francis Manipal draw the characters, and he used he uses a pencil mm. at first, but then he kind of goes over with the side of a paintbrush. Like yeah. he uses the side of a paintbrush to do like the inking with it. It's very interesting to watch him do it. Um, but yeah, I really love the character design and the art in this book. That's what drew me into it and maybe kind of really it, want to bring it more so than even the story. Yeah, the colors are very painterly, I think. Yeah, it's got a lot of a lot of times it, I feel like it has a very soft feel to it without mm. feeling like it looks soft without being fuzzy or without mm. feeling like uh, empty mm-hmm. or like, you know, like it doesn't have substance. Because a lot of times when you go with a very soft look, it, it you know, it kind of makes it, it kind of separates you from the yeah. story, but they did a really good job at balancing that. 
What do you guys think of, and this is something that actually happens a lot more in the issue and, we're, uh, and the future issues of this, when we have a automatopoeia that's built into the actual art itself. Oh, like, I love that. Where the, the splash. Because uh-huh. yeah. yeah. there's multiple issues in the future of this where there'll be mm-hmm. something like he'll be fighting Captain Cold, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Captain Cold in one of them, and that says The Flash written in ice, like this huge wall of ice. So it says like, DC probably presents The Flash written Oh yeah, no, in I, ice. I, I, I really like how the, the way they're integrating the letters and the titles and, and stuff like that into mm-hmm. this. There's a bunch of ways. Makes it cool there's a bunch of ways to do that and there's a bunch of like examples of that happening in multiple different comic books but i don't think there's a wrong way to do onomatopoeia Mm -hmm. um i think that unless it like detracts from what's happening well i mean yeah if you put big black block letters over the art that would be bad but uh, at the same time even that could not necessarily be bad if it's blocking out the right stuff Mm -hmm. sure um so I, i feel like uh that kind of that example of how they do automatopias is really great um <coughs> also uh when chewy brought i forget which book it was but the very specific automatopias where you like get words that you've never seen before like mm-hmm. spliff or like mm-hmm. you know where they spell out weird stuff yeah um i think that, and, and, yeah exactly Doom. yeah and uh and i feel like this is uh is just a, a really good way to do it and and as long as you're not blocking out the art or, or doing it needlessly, um, it will always have a really, uh, it will always have a place in comic books, and there will always be a really cool way to do it. Cool. Um, well, let me ask you guys this um, before we kind of head out of it. Would you guys? Is this something where you'd, you'd recommend it to people if you want to? If they're starting on the Flash, or maybe if they would you guys read a second issue and kind of interested to see where it's going? Did it grab you enough to maybe read another issue? Yeah, I, I would definitely like for anyone that's curious. Like I've never read a Flash before like mm-hmm. any flash story um so this is really cool for me because i didn't feel like whoa who wait who's that guy though or oh i don't understand you know or anything like that i feel like i know not like i know exactly what's going on and where this is going to go and i have it all figured out <coughs> but it's more like i feel like i know enough to get into you know the next story and be confident that i can follow it you know but at the same time not feel like hey here it is it's being spoon fed to you you know they do a really uh, good job of introducing like ryan said all the players Mm -hmm. without you know giving them an introduction if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. you know they just kind of throw you right into it and let you it's done very much like um i I felt at times and this is great like I, I love this show, so I felt it was very Law and Order. Okay, uh, at it times, was kind of, you yeah. know, uh, um, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that because in Law and Order, they're not like, oh, well, there's this this guy and he's important and this and that. They just bring him in and then they're interrogating him. It was like, what, dude, oh, dude, like we gotta let, let him go right now. Why? He's gonna have his like lawyer here. He's really important, you know. And yeah. it, you find it out as it progresses and. Um, I really enjoyed that. You know, I, I thought it was great. I would definitely recommend it to someone that wants to read The Flash. Yeah, I, I think it seemed more like about the character, like the, the person, Barry Allen, and he's The Flash and how he sort of deals with his life as this person rather than like, this is a superhero who runs fast. And so in every issue, he runs really fast a lot. And even though he does run really fast a lot in this book, like it didn't seem... It didn't seem like that was the focus. It, mm-hmm. it and I think part of the I art is part of that. More. <laughs> <laughs> I think the art was part of that. The the art is very expressive and it's very sort of people focused. It almost seems um it almost seems sort of similar to a lot of Euro comics, a very very sort of like French or Belgian looking. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. part of it is just sort of the simplicity and yeah. and slight cartooniness of the characters. But I think like it it just seems it just seems so much more that it focuses on people than 
than excitement or heroes or action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I generally like that in comics. So. I think they're definitely, obviously with the ending, they're building up and they're creating a, a, an arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it could have had more to it. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly more of what. Um, I enjoyed it and like quite a bit, but um, I still kind of felt a little empty at the end. Like It wasn't a whoa moment. It was kind of like a, okay. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. I would give it a second read just to see where it goes for sure. Um, I'm not like compelled to read a second one, but I really, really want to read a second one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, that is all I have to say about the. Where flash. can we get it? Um, we, you can get it a couple different places actually. You can uh, get it uh, in your brick and mortar store. They have uh, trades available, so trades are available. You can also get those trades digitally. Uh, they do have them um, uh, on, I believe it's on iBooks as well as Comixology. Uh, so you do have some different options as far as getting those, picking those up. I'm a high, I'd highly recommend continuing to read it, um, especially. I mean. The art style, I will tell you this, the art style on some of the other issues is a little inconsistent, meaning they have other artists kind of guest on the mm-hmm. issues, but that's that's typical of a lot of comics, especially the mainstream ones. And I've noticed it more so with DC than I have with Marvel. But um, for the most part, no, for the first at least five or six issues, the first trade, you'll be seeing the same sort of art style um, I, quite I, a bit. Sorry, I just, yeah, I can't stop looking at the people in this book. It's just mm-hmm. the way the people are done. It's not... Like, oh, look at all these lines and cross-hatching and detail. Mm-hmm. But it's also not like, oh, here's plain. It's, I don't know how to describe well, it. They, they, it. There's a very definite style to this yeah. that makes perfect sense for the type of story that it is. What I love about it, too, as far as even, and we didn't really talk about the, but the but we talked about the coloring a little bit and talked about it, but why I really like it is because I feel it's a good cross between what the type of comics Ryan tends to more go for the more flat look mm-hmm. with that kind of Photoshop mm-hmm. look. It's mm-hmm. kind of a nice middle ground between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, the colors aren't like super like they're, they're, they're poppy enough, but they're, they're, they're a little bit more muted. Um, there's not as much like gloss and gleam on everything. There's, there's gloss and gleam in the right places, but not overtly Photoshop uh, style art. So, um, but anyway, um, but enough about the Flash. Uh, so you guys can pick that up, take a look at it, let let us know what you think. Uh, read one for yourselves. Um, so moving on from this book onto, uh, I believe Ryan, you are next. Yes. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about the book that you chose to bring this time. Sure, I brought a book uh, called Lumberjanes. Uh, it's on uh, Boombox, which is a uh, a subsidiary of Boom Comics. Uh, it's written by Noel Stevenson and Grace Ellis, illustrated by Brooke Allen, colors by Marta Laiho, and uh, but I. I had heard a lot about this basically because I follow a bunch of the people who make this book on Tumblr. Uh, and I had heard about it uh, for a while before it was coming out, but it's basically like a girl's adventure book. Like a, and so I got a copy, uh, actually at WonderCon, uh, signed by Noel Stevenson, uh, to my daughter, my six year old daughter, Bella. And, uh, I thought it was just a really cool book and I had a lot of, it's, it's just fun. So I thought it would be fun to talk about. So what'd you guys think? Um, you know what I loved about it? Hmm. There's not a single boy in the whole comic. It is a book that is, and I don't mean that in a way of like, you know, guys are everywhere in comics, but it is a book that it relies entirely on, like, it doesn't have to have a romantic thing. No mm-hmm. girls, it, no girl is in love with a boy or likes a boy. It's all about just a bunch of kids. It doesn't really matter. That's the other thing is gender doesn't really, it didn't really jump out to me as like necessarily needing to be female too. It just seems like a bunch of kids, yeah. a bunch of kids adventuring through the woods and the fact that they make them girls with a lot of distinct personalities. I, I really, really like And haircuts. Yes, they definitely do have distinct haircuts. <laughs> yeah. I like that. They're kind of offbeat. Like that's what I, that's probably what I like the most about it is that I like the kind of offbeat characters. Um, they're not, they're not your typical girly girl. They have personalities and they're different and they're, you know, varied as opposed to just being, you know, the same typical kind of, girl that sometimes is represented in comics media um so 
I think that it I, it was really cool. I really mm-hmm. liked it. Okay. Um, and it has uh, some really interesting art. Like mm-hmm. it's like um, uh, Adventure Time meets uh, real art. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, it's kind You know what it reminds me of? It's kind of Adventure Time meets a little bit. I, I especially with like the arms and looking at the arms of the characters. Kind yeah, Tradmore has a little bit of Tradmore in there. I a see. Bit. Maybe I maybe I'm just seeing that, but like their arms are very wiggly and wobbly. It's not very. They're not like it's very cartoony. Very cartoony. It's, it's very, very very cartoony. cartoony but mm-hmm. it does it in the right way. Like it's not oh, yeah. like overly cartoony, um, where it's like uh, uh, you know Dilbert or something. Like no, that. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's very cartoony and it's awesome. It looks like it looks like a comic that should be a cartoon show. Mm-hmm. Um, like yes, like uh, the the Adventure Time comics and the um, uh, regular show comics, et cetera, et cetera. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of movement and it, yeah. the colors, yeah. the pal- you know, uh, the color palettes and the and the um, the way that the it looks like a popular art style at the moment. Mm-hmm. As, if you yeah, watch cartoons, that. which that's pretty much all I watch. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, uh, and to Ian's point, there's no boys in it. In fact, I think two of the girls are together. So there's that. Well, no, <laughs> I don't think that there's any of that. Well, are you sure? Pals. Because the one in flannel has her arm around the one in green. Because the they're entire pals. book, they're, they're pals. They're buddies. Okay, and they're also like. <laughs> That's they're also, fine. To be they're kids. also yeah. teenagers and kids, like young kids. Yeah, they look like they're the two older girls. Well, uh, the one thing, the one thing I will say that I also like. I don't think it. there'd be anything wrong with that. No, if that were oh the case. No. no, I don't think so. Saying. I don't you think guys so are either. Really trying to railroad me on this? No, I'm, not trying to railroad I'm, you. I'm, I'm siding with I, you. I don't think. No, of course, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that if that's the case. But I don't necessarily. I don't get that vibe. I never got that vibe from the book. Maybe okay. that. Maybe, I don't know if that was intended or unintended. But you know, ever you know, teaches them. I'm just saying. Well, sure. Maybe if we read more, we'll find out. I that's thought true. it was a funny foil to the thing that you said. Um, and so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I feel like this should be a cartoon. Like, I, I don't, mm. I honestly, if this takes off, I don't see why it wouldn't be. Like, they wouldn't give it a test pilot somewhere um, and they turn it into the next, you know, Steven Universe or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I have things. Okay, all right, go ahead. <clears throat> so, it starts off all actiony, and I'm like, mm-hmm. digging that. I'm like, You're cool. fighting demon foxes. Three, three-eyed demon foxes. That's, yeah. Pretty, yeah. that's pretty metal. Mm-hmm. And they find it's pretty this, anime. And they find this, like, <laughs> golden like foxes like iris or like eyeball or something like that yeah that she looks and they make a huge point to be like this is special this object mm-hmm. is special and she puts it away and we never see it again and it's never mentioned or anything in the rest of the book mm-hmm. so i was kind of like i thought that was gonna be some like oh and then it starts to rumble and this happens or something like that so it, it was a little disappointing with something like that um there was this part in the middle Mm-hmm. Where um, you know, from from where you, it, the book opens to where they get caught, you know, and it's like, um, you know, you guys snuck out and stuff like that. All of that, I'm like, I felt that flowed very mm-hmm. well. But then I felt that, like there was a few pages in the middle that just kind of were saying, okay, well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that it actually pushed the story forward a little bit, you mm. know, and then at the end it picked up a little bit more again where you see, you know, the, the leader, she's like, hey, and they just kind of have her there, but like they don't, I felt like, okay, I'm going to find out like more about this like huge uh, lumberjane, you know, where she's just like, she's chopping this like, uh, this tree trunk into this like sculpture. I'm like, okay, I get it. She's like, you know, she's very talented at that. And I kind of expected her maybe to be like, Wah, and like chop something in half and be mm-hmm. super strong. <laughs> but it never happened. I just felt like there was some build up to things that I thought were going to pay off in a certain mm-hmm. way that didn't. 
Um, and then, you know, it kind of ends with, you know, okay, you guys remember the pledge. Yes, we all stick together no matter what. And I was like, that's kind of cool, you know, the message. It's a cool pledge, yeah. yeah. But then, you know, it's just, okay. The, it just kind of ends and it's like, and what's happening here anyways? But it just kind of felt like it was an unprompted question. The, one of them could have, like that thing could have started glowing and it's like, what's happening here anyways? It just felt like they, like something was left out or I didn't understand something. The sky is kind of weird colors and stuff, but I mean, that kind of happens with a lot of other things in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I, it doesn't seem out of the ordinary to me, maybe. Um, it just left me asking a lot of questions, I guess, but it wasn't, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I, I obviously. It's definitely not metal. No, that wasn't my problem with it. Yeah. You I know? mean, on the metal twee continuum, it's definitely <laughs> on the twee side of that. Yeah. I don't um, know. I thought it was pretty metal that they were, you know, making sculptures out of tree trunks. Well, I'm just wondering, like demon foxes. I'm just wondering how you look at Cryptozoid Man as a B movie and like this is awesome, <laughs> and then look at this and not just see oh cartoony, and then have issues oh, yeah, with no, the no, color I, of the sky. No, no, I, I, no, I didn't say I have issues with the color of the sky. You just said it was a thing I'm saying that you I, were like confused about. I'm saying that Scam I gambit all over again. I'm <laughs> saying that I see you know the sky being all different colors, and I feel like. You know, maybe that's what was supposed to prompt them to say the question, but it seemed in line with everything else that happened as mm. a normal thing, as a normal occurrence. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading. I'm, I'm trying to look for something mm-hmm. in it that I think I'm just not going to find. It's possible. Can we talk about how awesome that the head of the camp has like big muscular thighs and like oh, yeah. giant <laughs> tattoos and stuff? And it's like kind of like the most punk rock adult like <laughs> I've ever seen in a comic book for children this lady at camp. Well, yeah, and it's like it's like it's it's kind of a it's cool like adult figure like you don't normally see that in like even the cool adult figures in a lot of like kids shows or comic books don't look like that. Well, okay, let, let's bottom line this. Yeah. This is supposed to be a book that empowers women mm. and girls. Absolutely. Girls yeah. especially. I would agree. So obviously they're going to take every probably throughout the course of this entire run they're going to take every male stereotype in some way and replace it with a woman so i mean just to show that you can do that and it's going to be awesome and and the point is that she's supposed to be the big tough you know lumberjack but she's also the owner of the camp and is very wise and and is a great leader apparently for all, uh, for these youths. Well, it also shows to me, I mean, and and it's something that we that we deal with. Um, but the idea that somebody with a tattoo doesn't necessarily mean they're like a, a scary person. Like she's yeah, very true. personal oh, yeah, for and friendly. Sure. And that's something maybe now and not enough for people our age that seems pretty obvious, but let's imagine you're a, you know, 40-year-old or even 30-year-old parent, you have a, you know, a 12-year-old daughter who wants to read this comic book and you're like Oh, she seems like a positive female role model, and she's got tattoos. Hey, maybe I'm mis- maybe I'm misthinking people with tattoos. Like, mm. it, in a silly way, it kind of opens. It's asking a little much, but I see what you're saying. But I'm just <laughs> saying, I I don't think so. I think that this is a I, I shoot. If I had a daughter, I'd let her. I, and she was about eight or nine or ten or even twelve, I'd let her read this. This sounds this is awesome. Even this is twelve. Even even twelve. <laughs> well, I and I think Alan, I I wanted to sort of take something you'd say and sort of pick apart it, pick it apart and destroy it um, <laughs> about <laughs> about how they're going to sort of take every male stereotype and, and reverse it. I think that that's not, I don't think that that's like an agenda of what's going on here. I think it seems more like they're just doing something fun and it doesn't have to be about boys being the most important whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't feel like it's like specifically like, 
an agenda to to go ahead and and reverse male stereotypes as much as it is to sort of give girls positive female stereotypes positive no, female yeah models, i mean you know that I mean? would be that would be the bottom line like, I mean, like, I mean, I grew up reading like kids adventure stories, you know, where that's, you know, like Hardy Boys and Encyclopedia Brown and stuff like that. And there's very sort of like laid out gender roles and, and that kind of yeah. stuff. And, and I feel like this is just trying to be a kids adventure book where girls can do stuff, too. I didn't mean to insinuate okay, that, no, I, that the I, I word know. agenda. I mean, because sure, that's, sure. that's kind of a buzzword well, in and itself anyway. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And. Okay, I did not mean to insinuate that there was some sort of agenda behind the book to like, okay, we're going to get money because of this. And mm-hmm. that wasn't it. It was just the fact that I, I feel like if there was going to be some sort of push or movement mm-hmm. for the empowerment of females, mm-hmm. it could it would probably be done in this book. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all I was trying to say. Perfect. Well, and, then, and then Chewie, I think... I th- like I can understand. Yeah, this book leaves you with a ton of questions, and and um and yeah, I can see how that would be really frustrating. Though I think that this one, it I don't know. For me, it seems the way I looked at it when I had a ton of questions, like where did that fox come from? Why didn't the? Because yeah, you're right. Usually, it's the Chekhov's gun thing. If you show a gun in the first act, it better go off by the third act. Uh, and and that that little that little coin thing doesn't ever come back. I feel like that's something that's going to happen later. That's sort of, that's sort of what I got out of it. I feel like this is setting us up for well, what are these girls going to do in camp all summer? Mm-hmm. But, but I, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a little frustrating. They seem to set up a lot of stuff and then you're expecting a payoff and they're like, well, what the junk is going on? And it's end. And you're like, come on. I'm like, well, now I got to read the next one. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I got out of it. Um, so as far as like continuing to read this though, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm actually interested. I'm, I'm really interested to see where it goes. I'd, I'd like to, I'd give it one more issue to, 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 to kind of, cause I can understand the frustration too, um, of, of that, but I'm still, I, I like the art enough and I like kind of the, the attitude of the characters enough to where I would continue to read it. I'd give it one more issue. Absolutely. At the very least, I'd give it one more. You can buy it on the internet. Uh, at Comixology, you can get it at your local comic book store. This had a ton of guest issues, a ton of different covers, and um, not issues, but yeah, a ton of different covers. It's, it's. I, th- I think that it should be. I think that's something that they're working on keeping in print. So you should be able to walk into any of your local comic book stores and pick up an issue of this whenever you need. Yep, definitely should. Cool. So, uh, moving away from Lumberjanes and moving on to Alan's book. Alan, tell us about the... Well, it was not really a book, but you brought a collection of webcomics again, which is totally cool. Yes. Um, totally valid medium that I don't think gets enough um, enough credit in the comics world. So, tell us more about your book slash webcomic you brought. Okay. So, um, I brought another webcomic because I really like bringing you guys webcomics. I feel mm-hmm. like you're totally right. They're a little underrepresented. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, this one was called Paranatural by uh, Zach Morrison. And uh, it's about a kid who moves to a new town, and then uh, he starts seeing weird stuff, um, mm-hmm. floaty purple squids, and he has to deal with school bullies and uh, school um, kids. I mean, like, and he lives above a convenience store. Oh yeah, and he lives above a convenience store. So the other cool thing about this is it's it's broken up into chapters. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's chapter one, uh, the activity club, and the new kid, and then. 
Uh, every chapter after that. Now, the first chapter was 70 pages, and I thought that was a little bit much. So I only brought you guys 50, so you are missing the last 20 pages. Ah, that's why at the end I was like, wait, no, I want to know more. No, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I wanted I wanted to at least cut it off where you guys wanted more, but I wanted to, I wanted to get to the introducing at least the characters, at least introduce characters, and then there's a little part at the end where you, kind of, you can guess what happens um, mm-hmm. based on the part before that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a really good example of art over time. So mm-hmm. clearly, Zach started off kind of like penciling this. It's all black and white. There's very little color. And then you can see him slowly filling color. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he did it on purpose, to be I, honest. I'd like to imagine that he did. Yeah. Because I, I, think it, like I think it lends more to the story if he did. Um, because I feel like it starts off being like, it, it, it starts off with a, fa- a, a family moving into a new a new place. Maybe new for at least the, our main character. Right. Um, and then the more he, more he feels comfortable, the more but more it becomes a daily routine and the norm, that's when that color comes out. It's when that the, the color comes out mm. as opposed to yeah. being like, you know, it's kind of the idea for me visually shows the idea of something temporary versus something permanent. Right. Um, the idea that it's just kind of sketchy can, can always sketches can always be changed. But once you put that color and stuff like that, it gives it a semi permanency for sure. I also think it's very possible that these things are hard to crank out. Like exactly. Oh, yeah. So, so close to Zach, each other. I'm so to give you the credit. it's possible <laughs> when he first yes, started, that's that it was the ticket, <laughs> but I do like the fact that it starts off and then slowly gains color. Um, so mm-hmm. either way, I think it's cool. So what do you guys think overall? Um, I like this. I wish I would have had this book when I was younger. Like I wish I, I wish I would have known about this when I was this age because this would have been something I absolutely grasp onto. I'll be a little honest. I feel like at my age now, I don't know how to say this without sounding like maybe um, I feel like I'm a little too old for it. If that makes any sense, you're old. Like uh, this is, but not in a bad way. Like not in a way of like not in the way of like I can't relate to it or I don't see it or it doesn't interest me in any way. Okay. Um, I just feel like this is something that where I'm just like. I, I've been in this person's shoes before. I've been in, I've been the new kid. I remember my first day of sixth grade. I went right. to a brand new school Aww. with I didn't know anybody, and Aww. I kind of had to make friends right away. And it was, it was it was it was it was difficult, especially when you're trying to. This is something I maybe mean, it doesn't happen in here, but especially when you're trying to be like, "Hi, I'm Ian," and they're like, "We don't like you." I'm like, "I just met you." <laughs> like, you Lord. see, like you see those people, and you're like, "Maybe they'll be my friends." And you're like, "Nope." nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, why'd you land a scooter on his face? Well, <laughs> I didn't do or that. Or throw soup on him. But the idea too that that there's something Something special about him. I mean, of I, I, of course, at that age too, like that that taps into everybody wants oh, to. Yeah. be. that's why Spider Man works so well. Everybody right. wants to be special at that age and and have something special and a little secret thing about them that nobody else knows. Right. And the and there's only a limited amount of people who can kind of see that about you, which I think is 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 cool. Um, I I do um I, I did like this the 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 story. I felt like a lot of the character like introductions were kind of rushed, and I'm not super sure who everybody is still. Like yeah, I know most like of them. Like more, but it's like whoa there's like okay there's the newspaper kids there's the kids who can also see these things there's these random kids that just like him in class there's the bully kids i'm like there's a lot of stuff thrown in right away yes it's, it's, it's there's a little bit of maybe a little bit of same face going on and you yeah have to look at right. I, I ended up looking at hairstyle like oh wait okay spiky red hair i know who right, that is right right and you know, it but I, I think over t- i think it starts to be like their voices become distinct mm-hmm. i don't like i don't know it's it's tough because their faces are like they they go into you know 4chan like rage faces yeah you know? personally i really like that i it's love really the reactions silly. it's I so know. so silly it's super super silly but it makes me laugh so hard every time i look at him especially johnny <laughs> like johnny is one of my favorite characters just because of these stupid faces that he which, makes every single time like which that one, one is, it? is johnny the one with the yeah, red hair the okay. red hair. yeah not, i didn't do names it's died idiot one. just like you're about to be <laughs> my my favorite character though in the whole book by hands down 
is Mr. S. He's my favorite. Oh yeah. He's always like <laughs> with the stars. Good afternoon. <laughs> it's time for English class. Yes, it is. <laughs> he's like, hey. I, my favorite is, my favorite is right <laughs> before he's introduced. I love everybody's. He's like, like what? I love right he's before he's introduced, where they goes like, don't sit in the front. He's like, why are you sitting in the front? She's like, I need the stars. And she looks all <laughs> embarrassed. Them. Yeah. You could trade them for prizes. I feel like I everybody just, had that teacher once. Oh yeah. You know yeah. the teacher who's just like totally not like just. You're just like, losing really his mind. Weird. So, Ian, I, I totally get what you're saying about introducing all these characters and having too much stuff going on. Um, a lot of them get kind of weeded out, at mm-hmm. least so far. Yeah. Um, and you start focusing in on the main group sure. of characters. Um, so they get kind of dwindled down. Well, but I he, think it, what he was trying to do yeah. was build the universe. Well, and here's the difference between reading this all at once and reading it daily or weekly or monthly or however he... Like bi-weekly. That, uh, bi-weekly. Okay, so every other week there's one page. In no, this. sorry. Uh, bi-weekly, I meant there's two Twice per week. Twice a week. So week. Like, so yeah. I, I looked it up two. recently. Bi-weekly can mean either of those things. So okay. neither of you are wrong. So okay. so, so two, two pages a week, I feel like I would be able to focus a little bit more rather than trying to read 51 pages. So this comic... And I don't mean this in insulting, but this this comic definitely works in the web medium. Like oh, it, yeah. it's absolutely because like there's a lot of dialogue on these pages. But if I were to be able to spend three minutes of my day reading it, and then another you know two days down the down the road reading another page, I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm keeping up with this, and it doesn't feel overwhelming. Right. I think for me in this format, where I read them all at once, it feels a little overwhelming to me. But that not makes in a, sense. but but not in a way where I'm like it, it ruins it for me. Like I understand if I had the time, I would definitely have been like, okay, I'm gonna read two pages and then two pages and then two pages and two pages. Uh, yeah. So you've been really quiet. I, yes. I feel um, the opposite. I th- I didn't feel like it was a lot of dialogue, to okay. be honest with you, or something that was overwhelming, uh, especially because we, we got 70. No, we got 50 pages. 50. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if we break that down into 20-page issues, I feel like it really wouldn't feel quite as overwhelming, especially like in the beginning. It's just it. I read it. Like it, I don't want to say the wrong terms here. Like I guess like a manga or like yeah. If I was watching anime, like I mm-hmm. loved, it definitely has a manga. I, I loved a lot of that an anime feel, feel because it just made it go like boom, 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 fast. And the first stuff we're we're kind of um, you know getting introduced to the family and they're knowing that they're moving and stuff. I, I really wasn't feeling it to be honest with you. I was like, okay, cool. So this kid's a jerk and the dad. Right. He's just going to say silly things the whole time, and then the little girl's going to be super excited about stuff, and that's going to be who we're going to be with for 50 pages. Right. Um, but then page 12 or 13 comes around where he sees that like child crawling up his like bed like in the middle of the night, and I was like, this is my nightmare. <laughs> um, so For a second, like, I thought you were going to be like, when they saw the bullies, then I had characters no. I could relate to. <laughs> well, oh. let's, let's, well, we haven't gotten there yet. Um, no, so it, <coughs> it was one of those things where I was just like, oh man, that's like terrifying. And it took a really metal twist. Um, and then the whole thing where he's getting ready for school, you know, that's the opening sequence to any and every cartoon that's just awesome. And I love where he just says to his dad, why didn't you wake me up? I missed the bus on the first day. And then the dad reacts with the same intensity. I got distracted playing with the cash register and I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it it kind of reminds me of um, on uh, not 
I mean, definitely not a kid-friendly movie, but 40-year-old uh, version where uh, they do the speed dating thing. Yes. And Seth Rogen oh, yeah. is talking. Well, I didn't know that, and I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Seth Rogen's talking to Mindy Kaling, and she's like, he stalked me, and he was being mean, and then he's he's all he starts off saying all this angry stuff like, You her. need to stop jerking my friend around. Yeah, this. Well, he stalked nice me into this. Well, I didn't know that. Well, I'm, didn't sorry. Know that. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and I was just like, that, that, that made me chuckle. That made me laugh. But um, I did have a problem with the introduction to the bullies, okay, because... He lands a scooter on John's <laughs> face. Well, okay. I, I and, and, and John or Johnny, Johnny is is understandably upset. Right. Yeah, I would be upset if someone landed a scooter on my face. And never once does uh, Max like when you know he's just like, "Oh, eek, I I did that." Okay, and then he just kind of like doesn't do anything. He doesn't say, "Oh, I'm sorry, man." Or I feel like if he would have said, "Hey, I'm sorry." They could have been friends, and then he could have take, been taken under his wing as a bully and been like Bill <laughs> Jr. It's possible. And Chewie's um, ultimate fantasy of <laughs> you. Um, but I did. Li- I, I really like because that's when you first see um, in the background when uh, after he gets hit in the face and knocked out, and then the two. Uh, Big bullies are just like they're rage facing yeah. out, but in the background you just see all this text behind them. You know, grind you know, your bones grind to make my bones, bread. Yeah, like, <laughs> just stuff like that, and that gets used throughout. And I really like that. Um, this comic definitely makes me laugh. Like I, oh, I really yeah, yeah. like how much yeah, it makes fun. me laugh, um, and and how mm-hmm. like the over exaggeration is sometimes over exaggerated, yeah, but sometimes but the over exaggeration yeah. is just really funny to me. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I love the faces. I love all of that aspect of it, you know. Um, but not just because because it fits and it pushes the story forward, and yeah. it, you don't have to have that moment of. Well, I was, you know, I, I, I was not treated nicely as a kid, and now I take it out on other kids, and that's why I'm a bully, and this and this and that long soliloquy. It's just, you see Johnny's faces, and you're like, I know who Johnny is. <laughs> yes, you see like Max's faces, crazy. and you're like, I know who Max is. Um, so, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And then that school, like... Yeah. How ridiculous is that? Just that that girl, the uh, newspaper girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have you not known girls we all, like we that? All know I've that known girl. people. Oh, yeah. We all uh, know that absolutely. person. I know that person. You know, so it was just kind of like it was very relatable in a sense because I never the kind of person when she gets to when she gets to high school will be like I'm running for class president and you're like no one cares but you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I I never really had the you know moving schools. I can't make new friends sort of thing. I was very friendly and so I made friends very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I felt that Max was very relatable just because of the people he was surrounded by. Mm-hmm. I feel whether or not you had trouble making friends or you were new or not, you always had these people around you, you know, and that made it very relatable. But I really love the twist in there because I noticed, I, I made note and I, when he was walking around, I'm like, oh, everyone in the background is purple. And I just kind of thought like, Wonder purple purple is that an, is that an artistic pur- choice? Pur- yeah, purple, purple jelly monster. Maybe they're all, or maybe connected. it's just background. Mm-hmm. And then that next uh, page, but, and like, it kind of goes here. into that fisheye lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, yes, <laughs> so awesome. He's in a school full of ghosts. So I, I, I'm sorry, I keep bringing the Mister Starchman scene up, but I remember the part that made me chuckle out loud. I also it's love the, the or the uh, the science teacher. Yes, and the stuff up on the board behind yes. him. How, uh, how, where he he has a fish drawing and it says insect. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has a little atom and it says atom 
or grapes. <laughs> There's an ice cream cone. It says cake. I just, and I just, the- <laughs> I'm not sure in the scene though. Is he whispering? Like this whole thing. He's like, what's this? A new mind to mold? That's spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, tell me, student, would you like to win a Starchman star? They can be exchanged for a plethora of prizes. Just answer one question. What is your name? <laughs> um, Max? That's the best name. You've earned a star. And he, he throws it up. And he, he doesn't even whap him in the head with it. He like just lets it go as he's doing a little like 80s like freeze frame jump. Like, yay. <laughs> oh my God. I just, I'm like, because I've known that teacher who's Do just so the, exuberant. You see the panel after that where the girl who needs the extra stars is scratching herself like, nervously like an <laughs> addict looking at his star. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, back to the science teacher real quick. The last little panel on the chalkboard. There's a drawing of a koala bear with a baby koala bear on them and it says on top of it therefore koalas do not exist <laughs> what does that mean and he's like the There's cool teacher he's like the, so many little jokes yeah, in the yeah. oh yeah so, so good i love this comic so Actually, I, I thought it was really rad I, I i was really pulled into it i definitely enjoyed it yeah i think the i think the the art like at, at first it's really kind of sketchy and and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it sort of works because it's sort of our introduction to the characters and introduction to everything. But man, the art gets really good. Like he does some really good things. Like yes. it, it's the color is great because it's very sort of light touch. It's very watercolory. And but in scenes where we get like the the picture of the whole city, it just looks beautiful. It looks super good. And then I love oh, the parts yeah, where there's cool like Chewy. You talked about the fisheye, like that fisheye yeah. look. Like he does, he does tons of really good things with perspective, where he just totally skews it and messes with it, and it makes everything look really wonky. But it, but and so it fits with you know people pulling faces and stuff like that. I really, really like the art. I thought mm-hmm. it was. I thought it's really loose. Obviously, I really like cartoony stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's loose enough that you can still tell who the characters are, but there's so much action and so much movement in the art. It's just really kinetic and, and fun and exciting. It is fun and exciting. And I feel like honestly, that's one thing about this. I mean, it makes me laugh. And, um, so a little bit of a, little bit of a spoiler, but not really, cause it's kind of the plot of the whole comic. Um, the kids in, so the activity club turns out that you need to be able to, to have the powers to see the sign on top of that. And yeah. it says paranatural. So it's the Paranatural Activity Club. Gotcha. Nice. Um, And so those are the kids that can see all the ghosts. And then they kind of have ghost-busting powers, as it were. Uh Um, And they deal with spirits, and they have, like, certain tools that have spirits in them. Mm. And, like, it becomes very cool. So on top of this little intro that's just basically silly, and it seems like a slice-of-life thing, it turns into a really um, fleshed-out action-y also at some points. Yeah. uh, universe and here Ryan here's an example of how good the art is just at the end of the first chapter if you haven't seen this Ooh. that is cool I like that uh-huh. oh, that's pretty rad oh, that's so metal that's just the there's like chapter. bone bird yeah it's like bone <laughs> bird and there's a thing living in the lake and there's like a big worm also mm-hmm. um, so I mean there's just so many redeeming qualities about this comic and it updates twice a week Mondays Fridays um, yeah where can we read more of this paranatural.net Cool. Okay. That's all it is. You log on first. Uh, the latest page is right on the front. Remember, there. kids, get your parents' permission to log on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, sure I highly it. recommend just reading through it because it's it's one of those things where it's more than it seems. You just have to kind of There's dive into more it a little bit. Than meets the eye. But on top of that, it's just really fun. Bam, bam, bam. It, it is. It just makes me laugh. Yeah. It makes me feel yeah. good whenever I read this comic. <laughs> cool. It was, it was fun for being fifty pages. It didn't read. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, like how how pages. slow was it? 
It was it was fast. Dude. Yeah, it? I read it. Yeah. It was fast. It, it, it All right, because I was really worried about it. No, I, no, no, I was no. very disappointed when it ended. I wanted. I, I, I was too. I wanted I wanted the last one. Right. I guess I should have just it. gone to the website and didn't even think. About that. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. All there, all of it for free. Well, cool. Well, that's gonna uh, wrap us up for here's my issue. Uh, now we delve into First Prince. Now this is a book. Uh, this is our first, the first of three. Um, this is a book we've been. Putting off and putting off and putting off and putting off for First Prince, but we felt it's only important that we do it. And so now it is here. We will do it. Watchmen. So, Chewy, this being your first read-through of Watchmen, um, we read the first four chapters of the 12-part series. Um, What have you thought so far? What do you think so far? It was very Alan Moore. Um, from my experience with Alan Moore. Are you glad this isn't the first Alan Moore you read that we've kind of given you a little bit of a primer? Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I No, seriously, I'm, I'm stoked that I read V first because it gave me um, a very good you know, sense for kind of his, his mind, his, his uh, state of mind. His mind brain? His mind brain. I was going to say mind frame, which <laughs> would be like mind brain. But um, it gave me a good insight um, as to kind of his motivations and how he likes to write and how he likes to get information across. So I feel like if I would have read this without having read V for Vendetta first, it might have been a little bit more difficult to get through it. Um, Overall, I mean, like, well, I mean, this is just the first four Mm. books in Mm -hmm. the the, the series. It's 12, right? Correct. So it, it, it's kind of hard for me to say like, oh yeah, it was good, it was bad, or whatever. Well, do you um, like it so far? I like it so far. Um, did this come before or after V? So he started V, stopped V in the middle, wrote this, and then finished V, from what I understand. Hmm. Okay. So do you know much, do you, any of you guys know much about, so all of you guys have read Watchmen before, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Do any of you know about, like, um, was V his, like, this is my requiem, it's my baby, it needs to be perfect, I need to take a break and do other stuff and come back to it? Or was it like, I'm writing V, but this is what I need to do, I need to do Watchmen, this has to happen now. Everything that Alan Moore writes is his best ever. Yeah. And he will, okay. he will protect it with such fury. No yeah. matter what I work f- it I is. Feel like so it is, was more of yeah. of Watchmen, the need, the desire to write the Watchmen superseded V. It, was, it wasn't I think like, he got stuck on V. And he's like, I need to okay. take a break. So I'm going to yeah. do this. That's, that's so I need, I need to talk about superheroes for a little bit. And like that's this is like his definitive idea of what superheroes are. What the, like the idea of... You know that whole culture and that whole idea. I mean, it, it's it's historical fiction too, which I like. It is it yeah. is which I didn't. Which funnily enough, when I read it the first time, I didn't really. I know it sounds silly to say, but I didn't really think about it in that yeah. context. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, it's a comic book, but it's literally historical fiction. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Let's do this. Maybe maybe one of you guys, um, you know, more familiar with the book, just because mm-hmm. I don't want to say something that's incorrect here can give us a nice little summary for everyone of what the first four chapters are. Not necessarily, mm. you know, so this happens and this happens, but just, you know, sure. what what are the what is the arc? What is the main story main plot points? The first the first book we get a lot of we get a lot of introduction to all of our major players. We kind of the first book is exposition for the most yeah, part. Yeah. Um on who we're going to be spending so. our time with. Um who are these people who are the watchmen, um for lack of a better word. Mm. Um 
part two, the second chapter, if I remember correctly, is a and lot more on the focus on the comedian specifically. Well, I think it, it's so, it's more it's like the comedian's backstory. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like requiem for the comedian. Mm-hmm. So it's like everybody, all the, all our individual characters who have been introduced to. Now, how do they relate to this character? Who, spoiler alert, but it's in the first few pages, is Dies. killed relatively yeah. quickly in the book. Um, it's it's like he's already dead when the book starts. Right. Correct. Real quick, uh, the first book basically the, the main thing where it's a lot of exposition. It, it's it's a team of of uh, superheroes that existed are Masked still kind adventures. of ex- still kind of exist. It's, it's it's sort of an erstwhile team. Like all the the people exist, but they're not a team. And superheroing is illegal. And with the exception of comedian who was a government agent and. Dr. Manhattan, who sort of works for the government, they haven't done their superhero thing in, in years. <coughs> haven't spoken to each other or really hung out in probably the, a long time as well. The band broke up. Yeah, the band, the band broke up band and also up. was made illegal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the Keen Act basically said people can't be superheroes anymore. Okay, so. um, and then, so that obviously informs Civil War later on and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. One might argue that, yeah. Um, and then the second one, like, like we talked about, it focuses as on one of that group, and that's the comedian. Yeah, it focuses on the relationship he has with each of these other characters. So yeah. we know who the, we kind of get a general sense of who these characters are now, sort of. Um, not everybody, um, but, but sort of we get an idea of who these people are briefly, and now we say, okay, well, why is this death so important to them? Like, why does this matter? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then issue three, I feel like issue three is kind of an interesting one. Issue three is kind of seems like it's setting the framework for where the story is going. So now we know our yeah. characters. Now this is setting the stage of how the, what's going to play out. It's beginning. It's beginning the uh, the movement towards a or overarching plot. Yes, correct. So the this is, this the is players are, are the pieces are being moved into. This play. is Act mm-hmm. One. Yes, this yeah. is where it starts. And then issue four um, is probably one of my favorites. Uh, it is essentially just Doctor Manhattan backstory. But it's played out in such a way that's uh, I, I love that fourth issue. Like I I like I, I read all this. I'll be honest with you. I read all of this before our recording. Like I read this all today. Oh, well. <clears throat> which is which is fun. I'd take a little break in the middle and I read, yeah, I read the, some of the here's the, my issues <laughs> stuff. But like when I got book. to the fourth book, and I was and I'll be honest with you. After book two, I was like, oh man, this is going for a while. And I forgot how like it's really a heavy read. Mm. And like we, one last time with V, don't try to read out a lot of Alan Moore in one sitting. It's not gonna <laughs> go well. But when I got to issue four, I was just like all about it. I'm like, this is great. Like this, the way it's being told and the way it, it kind of, it gives you everything you need to know about that character, See, uh, how he views, how he views the world, how he, how he works. I, I, the fourth issue was tough for me, man. You know, and, and it's structured really strangely because it, it is. It, yes. It, it doesn't look at time linearly. Yeah. And no. I liked that aspect mm-hmm. that it didn't look at time, but I was like, Okay, I understand we're not looking at time. Um, it just kind of, uh, it, it felt like it could have been half the issue, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And the same amount of information and the same important information still would have gone out there with the same vibe and stuff like that. Yeah, but uh, I don't think you would feel, I mean, do you think you would feel the same way about the character at the end of this issue had it only been half the issue? Mm. I, I think so because I kind of felt like within the first, like I don't know, six pages of that issue, combined with the stuff that I know about him previously in the the previous issues, I felt like I already kind of, I at least personally, I felt like I knew the character. I felt comfortable with who the character was, and that was the same impression that I had at the end of 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 issue four. Per- personally, I just kind of really understood him. 
I feel like that that then either you're really good at picking up on characterization or you're too used to having not this much information on something because I feel like this was it took me a couple a couple read throughs of this this book in general but this chapter in particular to figure out it's not just that oh hey here's a point in time and then flashback and then flash forward it's that he's experiencing these all yeah. at the same time. No, no, I, 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 well, I totally understand. Interpretation of what has happened and what is happening is changing depending on what's going on with him right now. It's the fact that, it's, well, yes, but he's seeing all these things happen at the sure. same time. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like a flashback and then he can see the past and then he's seeing the present. It's they're all happening. It's, it's all he's in it's all those constant, places. It's all constantly happening. One yeah. moment doesn't stop existing because that second has passed. It continues mm-hmm. to exist in an alternate reality or within the same reality in the same loop. Which is um, crazy. Which, well, in the sense which, that he, can, he also knows the future in a sense. Exactly. He knows exactly. What's but happen. he can do nothing about it. You right. know? Well, he can um, only live in it because that's what he's doing. Yes. Exactly. Because he's constantly living in that moment. That moment is the next moment, is the past moment. What mm-hmm. I, I guess what I'm saying is I got that vibe very early on in in issue four and was just kind of like okay yeah he, he's experiencing that that's kind of like it really that's a bummer but it's kind of mm-hmm. cool it's very interesting and then they made a point of it again and again and i was just a little bit like okay like i was not angry about it i was not disappointed about it i was not bummed out about it or anything like that i just felt like i it could have been half of of that well, yeah, but and it's I, more. And I would have still gotten the same vibe. So that's that was my thing with issue. I it, actually issue two was the one that really I really liked mm. the requiem for the comedian personally yeah. because you I got to see he's a real piece of work, isn't he? He is <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Maybe that's what it is. I felt like Doctor Manhattan's very straightforward, and you know when you explain something, you know by saying you know he experiences all time, all the time. You know, and that's just the existence that he lives in. That's a, that's a really that concept. I'm like, okay, cool. I could think about that. But when you have someone like the comedian, and you know the stuff he did in the early days, and mm. the later days, and the later days, it's I'm just like, why? And what what is what makes this person's mind work mm-hmm. the way that it works? Do you think that might be a focus on <laughs> the time and this when this was written? Like it may be something like Doctor Manhattan for you know the 80s when this was written wasn't maybe something that a lot of people. Yeah. your average comic book reader would fathom. So maybe I mean, it's it like I have not. to drill this point home to where somebody <laughs> like the comedian, that's probably somebody who you would meet on the, you could probably run into on the street. Like if you're living in New York during the 70s and 80s yeah, during yeah. that time period, you'd probably meet people who are Vietnam vet, vets who, did, who had no regard for human life or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. To where now that seems like such a weird, dark, creepy concept because we don't really live in that world anymore. But we yeah. do live in we live in a world where something more like Doctor Manhattan makes sense to but your average may, person. Maybe that's that maybe that's why I connected more with that second issue. But I did find it all so very you like the comedian is what you're saying. I, I you like connect his, with him. I like his story. <laughs> it no. could be worse. He could connect with Rorschach. No, so he, I, hey, we haven't got to Rorschach. I, so I haven't got to Rorschach, but I have, I like Rorschach. I'm saying that maybe we'll maybe I connected more with Doctor Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't need. I felt like I sure. didn't you didn't need, need that much. explanation. Gotcha. Um, I, I just thought it was really interesting the way we got into all the characters and their motivations and all that stuff because mm. you you would think with with a team that large that changes over decades and people cycle in and out, you know we're gonna have a lot of repeat, you know motivations. But they, mm-hmm. I feel like he did a really good job at separating out everyone individually and even the people who played the same 
character, for lack of better words, you know, the, the different night owls, and you had, uh, what was it, Silk Spectre, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they had completely different motivations mm-hmm. sure. and different frames of mind. I, I have I have thoughts on both Night Owl and Silk Spectre so far. Um, <coughs> and this is something I've, I've kind of realized. They both seem to me, and I, mean, and I don't mean this in the sense of creation-wise, but I mean as people, they seem very unoriginal. They don't seem like they they have much of a, a a personality of their own. Like the characters, the characters themselves. themselves being, and that's why in issue three they seem kind of um, a little bit drawn to each other, because really what what's what's Night Owl but just a copy of a previous one mm-hmm. of, of somebody who did the same thing already. Yeah. And what's Silk Spectre but living in her mother's shadow, doing what her mom probably what she thought her mom wanted her to well, do. Right. So I mean, they have common ground there, but also I think that you're you're really close with the whole fact that they don't have. You know, really fleshed out personalities. Yeah. Not, they don't have extreme personalities like no. the other ones do. No, so, yeah. it brings them together because they're both the kind of sanity anchors. Yeah, for they're, each the, other. they're the they're sure. the least psycho of the of the various Minutemen right. crime busters. And so they type. they're drawn to each other because they both provide a sort of grounding, right? The, Which is why they that, sort of end up being the the reader surrogate. Yeah, yeah. I agree to a certain extent. I I, I really. I, I like that viewpoint that you guys are bringing up, and that—that's why I feel like you mentioned them along with someone else's name. Like you mentioned Silk Spectre with uh, with Doctor Manhattan, mm-hmm. you know, or you mentioned her with Night Owl, um, even in the past and stuff like that. You know, um, Silk Spectre and the comedian, you know, are are linked. Um, yeah. So, but but you can talk about Doctor Manhattan by himself. You know, mm-hmm. you could talk about Rorschach by himself, mm-hmm. but if you mm-hmm. talk about Night Owl, you're going to mention Rorschach. Yeah. So it's almost like because they're so, for lack of better words, like you guys said, middle of the road and vanilla, they kind of pair off. They kind of, for lack of better words, are always um, attached to someone else whenever you're talking mm-hmm. about them. Mm-hmm. Um but that's the last one we haven't talked about is Rorschach. I saw Ryan go oh, when I said I liked Rorschach. Now, Ryan, <laughs> why why did you sigh and scowl? Well, I mean, I like we're Rorschach? we're not really far enough in it for me to give my full impression. Sure, of but based on what we have so far, I mean, I, I feel like this is I feel like like the whole overwrought narration of the beginning and or in Rorschach, this city is a virus or whatever. Yeah, it, like I I feel like I mean I, I feel He's like it's got to be a joke. He's Batman like I can't v. take it seriously. Like He's I can't Batman take it seriously v. at all. That's what he is. And and it, it it the thing that bothers me the legacy of this book. If we're gonna get out of what sure. we're talking about specifically and talk about the legacy of this book, is sure. that people end up thinking, "Oh, Rorschach is awesome." But what you're supposed to think, what I'd really like to think you're supposed to think is Rorschach is dumb. Like why? Like I feel like it's supposed to be poking fun at him, I, and, I, okay. and it bothers me that everybody is so stoked about his character. And I'm like, no, like let's he's the, let's not jump too far forward. Let okay, me explain yeah. why, no, that's fine. why because I do have several thoughts about that exact thing when we get to the end of this. Yeah, let, or let at ex- least when we get. Let to me his explain chapter, why yeah. I like Rorschach. At least why I find him an interesting character. It's like looking into the mind of a crazy person who takes this all way too seriously and takes his role in the world way too seriously. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Is that he. As opposed, he takes that idea, like, I hate to say his name, but because Alan, I'm sorry, but it takes that idea of Batman, like one person can take a di- make a difference, but takes it too far, almost as if he's very, he's very self-important. He's like, they're mm-hmm. going to look to me and they'll look up at me and say, help well, us. And I'll reply, no. Like, well, that's yeah. all on my <laughs> shoulders. Like, I'm the hero here. It's the, so it's he- basically like Batman yeah, that's now. Right. Sure. I, I, sure, but but here's the thing. But Batman, you could say, yeah, you're right. Like the way the stories are written, you mm-hmm. would say, yeah, you're right. This, I don't feel everything hinges on Rorschach. 
Well, no, and I think so far. I think the point is like Rorschach is sure that everything hinges on Rorschach, but everybody's like, oh, Rorschach, like he's okay, Captain Crazy Man, yeah, like. And, and the I feel Rorschach like, feels very self-important. He's and like, I feel like looking back at this from almost you know twenty thirty years later, that the wrong lessons were taken. Everybody's like, oh, well, we need to make our characters like that. That they are the the one that everybody should look up to. But really, it's like, no, stop making your characters super self-important and 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 the the end all be all of of heroism and stuff. Like, like I feel like. If people took the right lessons for this, then Batman wouldn't be such a slog to read sometimes. It would be fun and exciting and adventurous and not, this city is, is I am vengeance, I am darkness, I will, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. It's it's a soapbox that I, I can stand Frank on later. I would blame Alan for that, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, um, in, the, in speaking to that, uh, Rorschach, taking, Rorschach taking himself too seriously, and then there's Comedian who's on the other end, though, yeah. where he's mm-hmm. not taking it seriously at all. Yeah, but you see how that works for him, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is not at all. He's very much affected by something that he, you know, tries to um, play off. Yeah, like mm-hmm. as if to something laugh it, off. Yeah, laugh off. So like as if, as if the entire thing is a joke. Um, when it, at least Rorschach has going for him the fact that he's taking it in and dealing with it, although mm-hmm. maybe too seriously, but he's dealing with it and processing it. And I think that's important to realize that the guy who went through the uh, the whole ordeal and 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 the superness of it, um, and tried to make light of it, ended up far worse off than the guy who was actually in his own way dealing with it and taking it at face value. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons I kind of liked Rorschach in these uh, first few books here is because I saw the rough edges now knowing the timeline of when things were written, you know the very rough edges and for lack of better words proto v. You know, like the the beginnings, because I feel like there's a lot of similarities. And we say, no, it's not because V's, you know. But the thing is, if if we look at Rorschach as, you know, the rough draft for what V ends up becoming, you know, it's, you know, this whole like, you know, I didn't fall for this. I, I You guys had a choice to do this or to do that, where V does something about that in a righteous way. Um, you know, and then also you see kind of with the comedian, and with Rorschach a little bit, you know, some of what is going to happen with, you know, Joker and Batman in The Killing Joke. Okay. Um, so I kind of see, like, as, as the seed of the of those things. And, I'm like, I think that's interesting knowing, you know, those other two books. But I can see where, you know, it's just like, yeah, he's just too, like, over the top and stuff like that. But a lot of people seem to connect with him. Yeah. Um, overall, though, the, uh, the story, especially, like, what Alan said once... Um, the first act kind of goes underway. I mean, mm-hmm. where I did enjoy the second issue and the first one's nice. You get the exposition. Uh, when the first act goes into swing, I thought that was pretty cool because I, I watched The Watchmen. Uh, now we know who watches The Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I watched The Watchmen movie when it came out. I mm-hmm. think I saw it once, maybe twice. And at the time, I wasn't super into comic book movies. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's a blur. Sometimes when I was reading this, I was like, oh, I remember that in the movie. I remember that in the movie. Um, But a lot of it's a blur, which is kind of cool because that means I kind of get to read this almost as a blank slate. Mm -hmm. You know, I might recognize some character names, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed when, you know, things kind of went into like, oh, like, you know, stuff's going down with the Russians now. And, you know, it's or... uh, 
you know, it, it's it's getting serious. You know, the uh, I, I really enjoyed that because the whole time I was like, okay, it's gonna be who's killing these guys. You know, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, twelve books of that, but <laughs> kind of knowing that it's gonna go a little bit more of a uh, nuclear scare type of stuff or mm-hmm. nuclear warfare impending doom thing. That I I really enjoyed that turn. To yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, about that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's um. We it's, know things. We know things. I mean, okay. <laughs> um, we'll get to there. Uh, we'll we'll get to there next time. He does bring up a good point about the whole uh, being in the, in the 80s. So, yeah. I mean, this things, is very, very 80s. It, it's dated. It's definitely dated. And you will, you know, you'll be able to pick out, um, you know, exactly what era it's in. And uh, I don't know, Chewie, if you feel like, I mean, your, your opinion specifically Number one, does it feel dated to you? And number two, do you think it, like, so far, does it make a difference as you're reading it? I mean, I could pick out the fact that it's dated, you know, based on, I guess, you know, you look at it, and I, at least I look at it, I'm like, okay, it's 80s, you know, and, and you, you just tell by the look of it um, in terms of what's happening in the story. But for me, it doesn't make a difference because, like Ian said, it turns into historical fiction. So you're creating a new, a, a new world, essentially, or a new existence, a new timeline for things to occur in, um, which is a, a blank slate, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I like that. But whatever. okay. Uh, so I, I mean, I wanted to bring up the format of the book because I feel like this book, I feel like Watchmen has always done something that no other books did and it's and it part of it is the black fader and the other part is the back matter i feel like the like <laughs> i honestly i want to read under the hood like i want to read the whole book <laughs> I, like, I, I would really enjoy reading that book but i love like i've always thought it's really interesting and you get so much uh i don't know if it's necessarily backstory but it's sort of like more emotional backstory or sort of like it fills in gaps in the universe and that this movie that this book takes place in uh, all of the all of the back matter, all of the Hollis Mason stuff, and then the uh, the thing from from Osterman's old boss about you know what what does he say? It's it. I didn't say Superman is real and he's American. I said God is real and he's American. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, even with the Hollis Mason stuff, it provides it, like it that sets up for issue four when because he talks about yeah. how oh, I met Doctor Manhattan once. So he seemed very aloof and very this, yeah, yeah. this. And you're like, well, okay, that's weird. But then once you see Doctor the same situation from Doctor Manhattan's side of it, it's like, well from his viewpoint this is all pointless and ridiculous and silly anyway so it doesn't matter yeah and then alan when we were talking you mentioned that you had not read the black freighter part and that just blew my mind because i figured like how could you not like it's like right there in the book did you just like skip every panel that had a pirate in her or, or basically uh, i mean i think <laughs> i <laughs> but it's I, so important <laughs> i didn't read it like like read it read it you just but you, you read it but you didn't read into it is that what i'm getting i, I think that i the first time i read it i was very like <coughs> what is this what's happening that's mm-hmm. so how I read it too. then yes i decided to skip everything that looked like it didn't belong there <laughs> oh. oh i remember when i first read this i didn't read any of the back matter i was like ah, yeah i didn't read any chuffa. of the back matter either <laughs> but it's so important um so i'm gonna give it another shot this time and so far it's kind of like from the perusing mm-hmm um, I'm still not super stoked to read it. It seems heavy-handed, and it is very. <laughs> there's there's some heavy hands and a lot of things. I'm gonna see if I can get through it this time. Yes. S- speaking of heavy hands, I love how I think it, is it in the third, fourth, no, it's in the fourth book where Doctor Manhattan. You know, you're learning about him, and um, he just explodes a guy's head. 
Yeah. He just explodes it, and he's like, apparently, like, I didn't understand the mortality of my actions. (laughs) (laughs) I can kill things. (laughs) No, but Chewie, what did you think about all the the text and stuff in the back? How did did that fit with you as comic book reader guy? (laughs) Um, It did take me out of it a little bit just because... You know, I'm like, okay, well, let's go into the story that's happening there, stuff like that. Um, mm. And because of the different format and kind of switching how I was reading it, it, it did. It is a different read style. Yeah, yeah it, it totally is. Um, but I thought that was pretty interesting because I hadn't seen it. It reminded me, you know, a lot of when we read Animal Man and the, the piece in the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. it's not written in comic book style. And, and um, so that's, that's kind of a cool thing, but just. Uh, I definitely agree with what Ian said. You know, don't don't say, "Hey, I'm gonna read four of these right now." No, you need to you take know. your time. I mean, if you sit down with the book, you know, with the with the collected, you know, volume, um, or with all of them, and you're like, "I'm just gonna start reading," and you just feel compelled to keep reading, by all means, keep reading. But um, you have more fortitude than we do. <laughs> <laughs> I say just just uh, just definitely. T- I'm gonna t- eat this whole it. bag of beef jerky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's wrong with that? Yeah, that's yeah, enjoyable beef jerky's experience. Good, but, ooh, a whole bag. You know, it, you open right. a bag of potato chips. I mean, like I'm gonna eat this whole box of jujubes yeah. all at once. Go. <laughs> and just like there's so much here. <laughs> most people, most Put people, all the marshmallows in. Most people will say, "Hey, I'm gonna eat that you know party sized bag of Doritos." <laughs> most people are like. I'll just have a few. And before you know it, you've consumed the whole bag. You know, that's the way to eat a whole bag of Doritos. But um, and yeah, I think man. that's what Alan Moore really wanted to get across, that it's okay for you to eat a whole bag of Doritos. <laughs> yeah. you know, as long as you can experience it over and over again, um, the, all at the same time. The other thing kind of on the reverse of the back matter is the covers of each of these issues. Is yeah. important. The cover mm-hmm. is the first panel of this issue. Right. Um, that is like a lot of people will just be like, oh, cover, cool. And like move past it. But like if you really take the time you look and go, Okay, it's important because this is that's where the issue starts, not with the first page or with the first page or with the comic art on it. It starts from the first panel of the first panel, which is right there on the See, front. I didn't yeah. make that connection about that, you know, but I just thought like, hey, man, these covers are like really cool. And I would sit there yep. and look at them, but I didn't make the connection that it's built into the first panel. Yep. I also like the little quotes and stuff mm-hmm. at the end of each um chapter mm-hmm. you know and it's got like the elvis costello in there he's got einstein in there and stuff it's like got your favorite yeah got bob yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I, I i i think that here's my question though and i i don't know maybe this is something we could say for the end of it maybe that's not something you guys all have to answer and don't feel like you do if you don't know the answer but like with all this back matter that's in here mm-hmm. other than the fact of we're D, no offense to DC and no offense to the people who worked really hard on these books but other than the fact of hey we're DC people like Watchmen let's do something else with it was before Watchmen really necessary was this whole idea of this whole new thing they made where they went back and they explored all the backstories of all these characters was it really necessary because I feel like I get everything I need mm-hmm. from this back matter like I, I don't I, like I never really had an interest in reading those before Watchmen books because I'm like I feel like I got it all from just the Watchmen I don't need to look into it any further I don't know. I'm just. I'm just curious. Like, not not what were they thinking, but like like why was it somebody at DC who thought who like maybe didn't see maybe just read the parts with the pictures and they didn't <laughs> and they didn't read the back matter and I thought oh people want to know what happened before. So, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off there. Just real quick to clarify for those of you mm-hmm. who don't know, uh, Watchmen came out a long time ago. And Nin- then yeah, in the '80s. More recently. 
they decided, hey, let's do a series called Before Watchmen, the prequel to The Watchmen. Yeah, not um, written, not 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 written or supported in any way, of of course, by Alan Moore. Yeah, so it's a separate. Thing. <laughs> Alan Moore's like, do what you want with it. I'm done. It's 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 a separate thing. So with that, go ahead, Ryan. Jump uh, I mean, like there was a lot of controversy with that, and there were people who are like, oh, I'm you know never reading a comic written or drawn by anybody who did before Watchmen, and I'm not. In that I'm not quite camp that at bad. all. No, no but no. I, I feel like I'm just if, asking: Is it necessary? Oh, I mean, is what is necessary? Yeah, I is, know. <laughs> is any sequel necessary? Um, no, I feel like it was a cash grab. Yeah, I feel like like it could have been cute if they did like a Golden Age style book with some of the 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 like uh, Minutemen people, and if they did right. like a Silver Age style book with some of the Crime Busters, really well, like that would have been entertaining. They did books about them, but they weren't styled in that. No, manner. yeah, but I mean, if they did like a you know like if it was like 1970s and like tons of Stanley style dialogue, that would have been entertaining. But sure, I, I feel yeah. I I like it would have been fun as like a comics exercise. But I I don't I don't know if I feel like I need more from these characters than what we get yeah. in the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and I could see how people would want that. You know, everybody always wants to have another sequel of, of what happened or another prequel. They always want more. Everybody, everybody like. wants to know how he, Anakin became Darth Vader, but I, I don't know if I always do. Sometimes, yeah, you don't need the pink behind that curtain. Then whatever you make up in your brain sometimes is better than yeah. what people put down. It's the whole J.J. Abrams black box thing. Sure. <laughs> I, I haven't obviously read this whole series, mm. so you know I can't say, oh, it's necessary, it's not... From what I've read so far, it seems like they do a pretty good job at establishing all these characters so you don't really need to, you know, see them become all that stuff. But because I haven't read those before Watchmen books, I Mm. don't know. You guys can have a better idea as as to this or not. But maybe instead of calling it before Watchmen, you know, if they would have done something where it's just like for a a one shot where it's like the adventure... (laughs) Um, I'm, I was about to say the adventures of the comedian, but that, yeah. <laughs> um, Let's go to Viet- Vietnam's fun, guys. Yeah. Well, you know, riots the, are great. But basically, where it's, where it's a one, sh- <laughs> where it's a one shot of. Are you a talking about his girlfriend in Vietnam? Oh, God. <laughs> oh I went It's there. a one shot of uh, the individual characters kind of having their own little one shot story. That might have been fun. Like I, I like what Ryan said in like a Silver Age style, and um, they did that with the newer Deadpool series. Every now and then they do a, a quote unquote archive book where they're like, "Hey, Deadpool!" Like the people who write Deadpool are on vacation, so we found this one quote back in the archive. But it's yeah. really mm-hmm. a brand new story, mm-hmm. and they print it in a way that looks like an old Golden Age or Silver Age. Oh, that's book cool. Stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So, I, I don't know if it was necessary. I think that the headcanon, I'm using the word again. Um, <laughs> headcanon, the most oh, metal character of a all. Can, a person with a cannon for a head? That would be crazy. Right? That's right. Alan. Or was like a printer for a head. or like a, I would read uh, that book, headcanon. Alan, draw that. Okay. Yeah, I can do <laughs> that. Cannon head. Draw cannon three head. versions, one with an actual cannon, <laughs> one with a cannon printer, and one with a cannon camera. And then we'll send the last two to Canon and see if they're interested. They, all right, they, sure. I'm sure they'll snatch that right up. They commissioned. <laughs> they commissioned. Um, no, nah, I forgot it. Never mind. <laughs> okay, my brain is Alan. leaking. Sometimes I feel like uh, head origins and things that you make for yourself are um, are better. They're just they're better left that way. Yeah. Um, so I think that before Watchmen was not a great idea. Not not a bad idea. Just. It probably wasn't going to play out the way they wanted it to in the beginning anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, Chewie, before we move on um, from our first little bit, is there anything else you want to touch on before we move on out? Anything else you want to say before we go? 
Uh, the comedian's crazy. <laughs> I, I, I don't really want to say, hey, let's sit here and talk about him for 20 minutes. Um, if you're reading the book or if you've read the book, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe that's um, something we could do for like a character compendium in the future. Yeah, right? we could that, talk about that, that'd be the, interesting. You some know? of the Watchmen but characters. But he's crazy. Remember that. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Keep reading. I, I want to see where it goes. So, uh, but just yeah, space it out, man. Cool, cool. Space it out. So next time issues, let's see, five, six, seven, and eight for yes. next time. So if you guys are seven, eight. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we will get through this again, and we will we'll all be richer for the experience. So moving out of first prints and moving into the four color character compendium. Uh, so this time we decided to uh, do another character. Maybe uh, I, I, well, Ryan, you seem to be really kind of like interested in the idea of doing this character. We brought it up. Your eyes lit up. You're like, uh, yeah, let's do it. So maybe you can give us a little bit of an introduction on who we're doing this time in the character compendium. Sure. We are doing, uh, we're going to talk about the Martian Manhunter. Okay. Now who is the Martian Manhunter? What, what universe of comic is this? From? Uh, he exists in the DC comics universe. Okay. Um, his name is John Jaws. Or is it John Jaws? John Jaws. Sure. John depends Jones. on who's speaking it. It's like well, it's spelled, there's, there's like it's, how, you know, how is it's, it spelled? It's J apostrophe O N N and then J apostrophe O N Z Z. Yeah, so John Johns. Yeah, John so he Jones. originated. They end up calling him John a lot of times well, in the yeah. cartoons. Yeah. And the point. And now nobody ever really calls him Martian Manhunter in my no. experience, but he's he's sort of like a later addition to the DC canon, uh, and canon. and sort of one of the ones that you that everybody ignores or forgets about. He's he's. He's like sub Aquaman in terms of Aww. like punchline ability, <sighs> but but I, I mean, and part of the reason we brought it up is there was recently this sort of thing where David Goyer was talking about what he thinks about comics, and and the only reason that matters is because he's written sort of some Batman and Superman movies or whatever, and and uh, but he was sort of very less than lovable to both this character and she he was he was very dismissive of of the martian manhunter and dismissive of anybody who knows who he is and i wanted to talk about him because i think he's a cool character i think that there's a lot of really interesting things that he's done (laughs) and and i've read some stuff that i really enjoyed that featured the martian manhunter so Mm -hmm. i figured we could talk about him cool so i i other than having seen him at one point on a cartoon saying, who's, who's that green guy? What, what, who's that? <laughs> He's like, Martian no pants. Man. It's up and then that. I remember I'm like, they said like Martian Manhunter. And I was like, okay, this guy has no pants. He's green. And his name is Martian Manhunter. He's a bad guy. And then <laughs> they're, palling yeah, around. they're palling around with him. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, he definitely doesn't so, follow the bright, good guys wear primary colors, bad guys yeah, wear secondary so colors. He's, he's a mystery to me. So mm-hmm. please unravel the mystery that is Jean Jean. So when was he created first? Uh, yeah. 1955, November 1955, Detective Comics. So he was a backup fit? feature in Detective Comics. Okay, so he actually comes from the comics. Yeah. Okay. He's um, yeah, yes. So issue two twenty five, uh, the Manhunter from Mars. He was uh, friends with Superman in the in the Golden Silver Ages, uh, and and eventually became the Justice member of the Justice League when that happened. Um, He's on like one of the major covers of the first like couple Justice League. I remember seeing yeah. him. So he yeah he becomes a, 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 a he gets like trans- he gets transferred in and out depending I yeah. think on because. Yeah, and he's we'll definitely talk about one this. of the secondary or tertiary members of the... We'll, we'll talk about this a little later, but his power set isn't, like, super uh, uh, niche. So he, he's yeah. kind of like, we we could put this person in instead. And, yeah, and, anyway, but cool let's powers. continue with the origin stuff. Yeah, talk about the origin. So sure. what is his origin? I mean, his origin is he's from Mars. Okay. 
right? Right. Pretty correct. good. And so one day some scientist is experimenting with transportation beams and happens to have it pointed at Mars and transports them to Earth. Okay. And the shock of there suddenly being an alien in front of the scientist gives him a heart attack and he dies. And, uh-huh. and nice. with him dies the ability for him to transport anybody anywhere else ever again. So, so John is back. ripped from his home and his family in Mars. So and he's stuck on Earth. So John could have been potentially being like, okay, let's start my day. Got yep. my got my Mars Zoop. cereal. Now he's gone. Gonna look at my Mars news. I gotta feed Mars my coffee. Mars dog and ah. Yep. And then the Mars dogs. <laughs> and I need to use the Mars restroom. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> and, and so then Mars. he decides. my Earth bar here. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that was bad. Earth bar. And you should feel bad. And then he did. <laughs> I just got that cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then he decides to become. Uh, he, he, he sort of. One of his various and sundry abilities is ability to shapeshift. So he turns into. He adopts the character John Jones in Middletown, USA. Okay. Could not be more generic. <laughs> and, he Glenn Ryder. USA. and he becomes a, a police detective, a homicide detective. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Why could Superman not just fly him back to his planet? Because of because, because he's a character that needs to exist now, Alan. <laughs> he needs to exist here. That's why. <laughs> Come on, man. He's making his money. Hey, hey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Superman, I'm from there. Can you take me there? Yeah, sure. Let's go. <laughs> they made him green. This is the point where Alan un- unzips his skin and it's David Goyer. He's <laughs> been Alan all along. Um, so, okay. Fine. He's here. Uh, what makes him become a hero why what motivates him like what's his deal is he like like no one should ever be ripped from their home again so i'm the patron saint of kidnapping well or if like, i what? remember correctly i believe like all the other martians are destroyed or doesn't his family kill yeah something happens not very long afterwards and yeah. his whole family dies yeah he's like the last of his kind well there's a there's a, a an e of course an evil version of him oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. i'm not sure really really familiar, familiar with that villain but i know that he was in that uh the my my main, my main uh, introduction to Martian Manhunter would be through the Justice League animated series as well as mm-hmm. the various DC movies. I feel like a lot um, of people that was that was their entrance to him. Yeah, Justice League. Uh, the ones I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff, but the the biggest one for like origin story. Um, I mean, they do it. They they kind of do it. They do it pretty decently in the first that that the first couple episodes of the Justice League series kind of follows that, mm-hmm. as well as um well, a book and I don't know about how you feel about the animated movie but um, oh yeah DC's New Frontier yes mm-hmm. New Frontier follows a lot of Martian Manhunter right off the bat. So here's a question then, okay? Because mm-hmm. we kind of know there's like an evil version of him. He's like, you know, we know his secret identity and you know what his powers are and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's starting to sound a little bit more like Superman. Like yeah, Superman. You know, for being super invincible, he does have a weakness. Mm-hmm. Does the Martian Manhunter have a weakness, or is he have yes. like is he purely invincible? Yeah, no, no he, he his weaknesses weakness. is fire. Fire. <laughs> uh, well, I'm weak against fire. Yeah, so is he. He's <gasps> like a, he's a he's a water. Yeah, he's a grass type. <laughs> he's a grass type. Yeah, he's green. Oh, there you go. He's Bulbasaur. Yeah. I like him more. Yeah. Than it's, it's actually funny that you say that because because looking at the the Wikipedia article, it's talking yeah. about sort of the era, the the fifties when he was popular. And so in the Justice League book, he was used a lot as a Superman substitute in the same way that Green Arrow was used a lot as a Batman oh, substitute. Okay. When when they didn't weren't using them green. in a particular story. By the way, I believe the one that I was referring to. He has a lot of. Apparently, he wasn't the only Martian who survived because there's a yeah. lot of villains in his rogues gallery that are Martians. But the main one I was thinking of, I think I'm gonna tr- do the best I can with this name, Ma'ala Fa'ak. 
uh, also <laughs> known as Malefic, uh, was the twin brother and mm-hmm. arch nemesis of the Martian Ant Man oh, Hunter. Of course, <laughs> of course, there's a evil sinister, brother. evil brother twin. Well, I, I think his the the sort of Martian aspect of him is less like gray alien and more like John Carter style Mars. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, it's true, and it, that's why his outfit is sort of barbarian looking. Yeah, and, and it, I, I think a lot of that goes back to that. That's why he's so. got that cool name. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question: Do do we get an explanation for the manhunter part of it? Like, well, because he's he was a homicide detective. He tracks down bad guys, and, and oh, okay. he's a, he was from Detective Comics. It's very detectivey. He's more of a super okay. detective than he man is. Manhunter, as in a manhunt, not manhunter, as in let's hunt men. Yes, <laughs> no, it's not like he's going to eat them. <laughs> this this particular source actually states that he was a uh, type of police detective or police force on mars okay that makes sense so that makes he was, a lot of he was sense basically actually. a mars cop <gasps> mars cop so he was a manhunter on mars as do you think that was awesome. like there's a pitch meeting somewhere like we can call him mars cop <laughs> no <laughs> sheriff martian <laughs> <laughs> all right cool so <clears throat> you guys mentioned um Justice League has he does he have his own title is he just incorporated with Justice League as far as books should like you mentioned he's on you know the cartoon uh, the show the animated show and stuff like that where's the best place for someone who's like okay who's the Martian Manhunter I want to see more about him he sounds awesome I want I want to you know find out more Wait, what does he do where his powers he's he's he can shapeshift he can shapeshift he can like phase through things he can fly and be super strong, Superman style. Yeah, see, uh, I always thought that he was basically Superman, but you no, can put your can, hand through him. He can him. do more things. He yeah. can shapeshift. Now he's, he, 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 can, could, he, could he can also, right now. he's also sort of telepathic <laughs> <David> and <laughs> can sometimes telepathic. see a little bit into the future. Yeah. It's sort of, he was one of those in the 50s where they were like, well, we need a character who could do this. Who can have this power? Oh, Martian Manhunter can have that power. Yeah. Okay. It was just sort of, it's, it's in the same way that like, in the '90s, all the X-Men suddenly had like just vague energy-based powers. According to the, yeah, according to the Wikipedia article, energy. his abilities are superhuman strength, <laughs> speed, senses, and endurance. He's a skilled detective. Okay, he is an expert at hand-to-hand combat. He can sh- he's shape-shifting. He's invulnerable, and he can go invisible. He has telekinesis, intangibility, flight, telepathy, Martian vision. <laughs> That, Genius that, level intellect Martian and vision. heat generation. If I had a telescope, I'd have Martian vision. Yes, too. I could see Mars. <laughs> he um, could, he could, that's that's what Martian that. vision I think is. I've he can had just Martian see vision Mars. Before then, yeah. <laughs> he can just see other Martian. I think maybe that's what it means by Martian vision. Maybe he can see other Martians who are like in disguise. So he, he knows. He like, has, hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey! You're not pulling a fast one on me. Don't buddy. try to Martian trick me, buddy. <laughs> I'm the, a Martian. He has the ability too. to know where Mars is in the sky at all times. It's there. There. Okay. What, All right. Cool. What, about, what about in autumn? It'll be over there. But, but you asked the question of where would I? Where would you start? Um, I mean, yeah. for me, I, I, if you want to make it easy on yourself, because there's a lot of comics and a lot of stats sort or of stuff. If you want to make it easy on yourself and give yourself kind of a general idea of who he is, Justice that Justice League animated cartoon is 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 the f- best place to start for my. I think it's really it. sort of the the uh, probably one of the best and deepest portrayals of him. Yeah. yeah. It Just gives in him general. a lot of personality. That and also we're talking about there's a comic series, which I'm sure we should read at some point mm-hmm. on here. Um, but there's also an animated movie. Um, I think the movie is called Justice League New Frontier, but the yeah. comic is called DC New Frontier. Yeah, I think. yeah, the New um, Frontier. Yeah, and it's it's the art in the comic is amazing. I I've read little bits and pieces of it. I really one of these times for first prints. Once once we get through. Uh, our I think Alan you actually Moore still from. have my copies of that. No, I give them back to you. Oh, okay. Um, 
but uh, yeah, we should take a look at that because that's a really fantastic read too, uh, mm-hmm. from what I understand. Um, but oh, yeah, that would be my recommendations. Sweet, dude. Well, I I feel smart now. I actually know who the Martian Manhunter is, and I'm kind of like, oh, cool. I want to find out more. <laughs> I get to watch some cartoons. Man. <laughs> um, Doctor prescribes more cartoons, but anyway. So let's uh, shape shift out of the. Uh, character compendium and we're going to shapeshift the show to be i guess uh back matter now yeah so we've come to our final segment back matter so So i'm going to read an excerpt of under the hood by hollis mason (laughs) (laughs) uh so the back matter today we have a read the internal monologue of rorschach across (laughs) the entire series oh no <laughs> in this in the voice is a virus. <laughs> it's funny that we talk about Alan Moore because uh, this is something that came up this week. That's mostly more Alan Moore. Yep, um, Alan Moore announced this week a new open source digital comics app called Electra Comics. Electra, Electra Comics. So it's like, like electric, electric, but with comics? only one C. There's only one C. So electric Comics. The press release okay. described that's it. That's it. Uh, the press. It's it's an app uh, that's going to have some. It's going to be. He claims it's a new platform. Is it available right now? Uh, no, not not oh. as of yet. You can follow um, it on Tumblr. Yes. Uh, so Reddit Alan Moore. Uh, I'm reading this from um, Comics Alliance, one of my one of my favorite comics websites. To read from. Um, is claiming he's teaming up with a team of researchers for Electric Comics, a new platform that uh, a press release claims will, quote, enable digital comics to be made by anyone. Um, here's what the release says about it. And this is, you could tell Alan wrote this because of the following sentence. As a publicly funded research and development project, Electric Comics will be free to explore the possibilities of the comic medium without the constraints of the industry. Nice. <laughs> and of course, oh, Alan. Oh, oh Alan Moore. Um, so Alan Moore has had a lot of sort of foibles with he the has. comics industry. Uh, Moore, Moore himself also added this. Rather than simply transferring comic narrative from the page to the screen, we intend to craft stories expressly devised to test the storytelling limits of the unprecedented technology. Uh, to this end, we are assembling teams of the most cutting-edge creators in the industry and allowing uh, them input into the technical process in order to create a new capacity for telling comic stories. So, uh, according to the release, the four, there's going to be four stories that it premieres with. One will be called Big Nemo, in which Moore will revisit the Winz, uh, Windsor McKay's most popular hero, Little Nemo. Ooh, um, Cabaret Ami, Amygdala, uh, a modernist amygdala. horror. Yeah, Amygdala. I'm sorry. You're right. Amygdala. I can't, I can't read today. I a modernist know. horror by writer Peter Hogan. Red Horse, a World War One comic by Garth Ennis. Oh. Um, and Peter, Sn- I don't even know how to say that. Uh, S-N-E-J- uh, I'm sorry, S-N-E-J-B-J-E-R-G. Snyberg. Yeah, something like that. Sure. And Sway, a time travel story written by Leah Moore and John Repian. Uh, oh, yeah. Leah Moore is actually Alan Moore's daughter. So John Repian is actually So her he's husband. actually, con- Alan Moore, recluse from the comic industry for many, many years, only writing those League books, um, mm-hmm. is kind of making a, making a splash back into it. And Sounds like Alan Moore got an iPad or something. <laughs> what like, is this well, new I technology? Can, I can do it better than this. What is this new technology? <laughs> yeah. I felt like the other end of that press like, And Grant Morrison will never write anything for this <laughs> The digital comics The digital comics world is a virus. <laughs> <laughs> so what it'll, be, it'll be great until he realizes that it still needs to make money to survive and somebody's going to need to make money off of it. And he's going to like, bah! And be done with it. Again. I wonder if Alan Moore's. Flame, I wonder if Alan <laughs> Moore's famous plot point is going to make an appearance in Big Nemo. We'll see. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, so if, you guys, if you guys don't of, get that, read every Alan Moore book, and you'll know. Speaking what I'm talking of about. digital comics, yes, uh, our favorite div- digital comics internet website app 
Comicsology uh, <laughs> oh is is giving away some free comics for the beginning of summer. <laughs> Hooray! Uh, and it's comics. it's one a day at the time of of when this podcast comes out. There'll still be uh, about a week and a half left of this. So you get some some uh, free comics. But uh, at the today Thursday the 29th when we're recording this. Uh, Lumberjanes was free today. Lumberjanes. Uh, but uh, if you go to comicsology.tumblr.com <laughs> forward slash summer reading, then uh, you can get their little, you can see the little summer calendar and you reading. click on whatever day is highlighted and you can get a free comic book summer downloaded reading. to your digital thing. Comic and then Alan Moore can be like, no. And, and they're not just giving away, so far it, it's been four days they've given away, what, a Batman issue and an issue of... Like Exo Man of War or something. Yeah, like that. no, it was a uh, it was a Magnus or something. Oh yeah, Magnus, Magnus. Robot Hunter. Mm-hmm. And then they gave away a My Little Pony anthology, like a mm-hmm. like a like a whole big like a graphic novel. They gave away some neat and cool stuff. So yeah, so. they Comicsology is. I mean, they, they, it's trying. a little frustrating with the way they're doing stuff now, but they're still giving away cool stuff. They're and like, it's, listen, it's pretty neat. They're still the. I, 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 I will say, I mean, they're still the for my money the easiest way to buy comics uh, digitally. Um, I, I still have not found a. A medium um, where legitimately you can purchase comics easier. Um, iBooks works out pretty well, but they don't have you know singular issues of everything. Yeah, so, they, but if you're looking for if you're looking for trades, they do, yeah. Trades. But even then, they have to format it correctly. The way iBooks is, I think Comicsology still kind of has the market cornered on digital comics. So it's not that bad. I did the other yeah. day from my <coughs> phone uh, directly. So yeah, went to the website. In in my in, in Safari, basically, it's a few extra it steps. It's kind of a it's bummer, not great, but it's, not but it's awful. doable. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah. So, um, I had some news to bring to the table here. Um, you know, we talked about this uh, movie in the past. We all love superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and going forward, we know that you know there's some big plans uh, in the way for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is the Ant Man pick, and um, oh. Edgar Wright. The director, <sighs> let me rephrase that, the former director, the late director, yeah. um, is no longer involved with the project yeah. of Ant-Man. Yeah. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Um, I mean, you know, the, I've heard a lot of things, you know, one of them's the easiest and most blanketed term ever, creative differences. Right. Difference, differences in the the creative vision of the project. Sure. And they left, they split mutually and it was amicable and all that stuff. But what, what do you guys think? I love Edgar Wright and um, I am sad that I'm not going to see his version of Ant-Man but I'm excited <coughs> that now he's going to be making something else awesome because every other movie he's made has been great. So this is maybe a good thing. I here's what I read, and this kind of makes sense to me. A close friend of I think Edgar Wright's basically put it this way. He goes, you know, you have those. He goes, let me put it in a different scenario. You and you have those friends, and they're in a relationship, and you think, oh, these two people are so great and so awesome, but they're just not right for each other. You slowly start seeing the breakdown of the relationship, mm-hmm. realizing you know they're good people, but they're just not good for each other. He goes, that's the best way I can describe what happened with Marvel and Edgar on this project is that it started off seeming like it was a good idea, and then towards the end, they just kind of 
screwed their separate ways and they realize this isn't the best for these two. I, I don't know. I've also heard kind of theories about the idea that maybe when this whole Marvel Universe thing started and he was interested in doing Ant-Man, maybe it was going to be a little bit, they gave him a little more leeway of, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be quirky and different and this and that. And now they're like, well, no, everything needs to fit into this overarching universe that we were building yeah, this idea, which yeah. once again, that's really awesome. And I love that. But on the other hand, it takes that original idea of quirky, cool comic like movie and kind of goes, well, we can't quite do that anymore because it's not kind of fitting with the vision. So either make it work or don't. And I guess maybe Edgar's like, this is just too much pressure. Or I can't do this or this isn't what I can do. So I'm sorry. I have to leave. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm sure I don't think anybody wishes anybody any bad. It doesn't seem like it was like a, they left and they hate each other. And now Edgar Wright hates Marvel. No, it doesn't Edgar seem like Wright that. keyed the cars of all the Marvel execs. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't seem like that. It just seems like, listen, the movie, <laughs> she, the movie you want me to make is not the movie that, shocking I want, that, I, that I can make. So. Edgar Wright <laughs> shrunk down to the size of an ant and attacked them in their coffin. Um, no, that's kind of what I had heard that because he's been involved with the project so long, because there's been such a drawn out process for it, you know, it mm-hmm. just kind of kept getting pushed back and pushed mm-hmm. back. Um, he started and, you know, it started to go down a certain route. And then these other movies got pushed out and the universe became, uh, you know, more established. And they're like, oh, okay. So the way, the road we started going down, we can't keep going down that road, uh, having, you know, put all these other, you know, things in place and you know trying to rein that back in you know you have one person trying to do it one way or the other here's kind of the quote that you hear a lot it's um they claim that uh, the split between Wright and marvel occurred because of screenplay issues uh with the disney owned studio issuing a handful of notes for uh edgar wright and his co-writer joe cornish um to address and in quote such as the quote core morality of the piece and also including quote franchise characters so i don't know if that's you know he had characters in the movie that they're like well they shouldn't be in the movie or i bet we you want you to way add they we want you to, we want in. you to add characters yeah. from the other movies and he didn't plan for stuff so yeah it's kind of a bummer you know because we like edgar right i think as mm, a oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unit. um but at the same time whereas i was like hey that's gonna be cool that's gonna be fun um then you know there are times where i'm like mm, i wonder how that would go i wouldn't expect this movie when it comes out if it comes out on time because they say they're gonna keep the release date but well they've already got right a cast after, set <sighs> yeah well they depends how fast they find a new director right <laughs> yeah true so I wouldn't expect this when it comes out to be the quirky, fun thing that yeah. Edgar Wright is known for anymore. But at the same time, Marvel has had a success rate with making movies that, despite the fact they're you know big budget action movies, are still have elements of humor and oh yeah. I mean, it's not going to be like it's that. not going to be like you know deadpan cold. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just not going to be. It's not going to be an Edgar Wright movie. I so, don't, and I, I'm not entirely sure that's a bad thing. Yeah, I don't think that. They're gonna, and I could be wrong, but I don't think they're gonna say, "Oh, well, let's toss this script and start from scratch." Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna say, "Okay, this is the stuff that we can keep. This is the stuff we want to keep. This joke's good. This bit's good. This scene's good. Mm-hmm. You know, but we need to say, how can we fit those into the new story? You mm-hmm. know, or something like that. That that I wouldn't, 
You I guys want to hear my theory that. about Ant Man? Absolutely, sure. Let's Tell me. It. So, so based on the casting, we know that Hank Pym is is like Michael Douglas, so he's Michael, an older, yeah. he's and so Ant Man's yeah, yeah. not going to be mm-hmm. Michael Douglas. I'm I'm pretty sure. Have you guys? Did you guys know that uh, Robert Kirkman, Robert Kirkman, Walking Dead, mm-hmm. Invincible, wrote some Ant Man? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I read the first issue that's called Irredeemable Ant Man. Oh, mm-hmm. with the? Are you talking about with uh, O'Grady? Uh, I don't remember the character's name. It's the. Because there's three Ant-Men. Yeah, yeah. He's like a random lab guy who's just like, I'm going to wear the Ant-Man suit for a few yep. minutes. I okay. feel like that's where this is going to go. Or at least maybe, I don't know. I read it and I was well, like, they, this, like if any of the any of the stuff that I've read would work with Edgar Wright's sort of madcap, you know, excitement, I feel like that, that might be. And didn't be, they say that, well, my theory. Wasn't, wasn't Paul Rudd's cast as Scott Lang? Yeah, his, his cast as Scott Lang. So yeah. I could see them sort of messing with the sort sure. of universe, uh, or what, what do they call the that that one universe? The, the Marvel, Cinematic Marvel Cinematic Universe. Cinematic universe? Yeah, yeah. I, well, no, but the the one that the Marvel Cinematic uses, Universe is sort of based on. Well, it's kind of an Bendis amalgam. Universe. Of, it's kind of an amalgam called. of 616 and Ultimate. No, the Ultimate Universe. I feel like yeah. they're going to sort of Ultimate lit and, and be like, well, Irredeemable, but we're going to be Scott Lang, and it's going to sort of, now it works. Yeah. yeah well, they so, kind of take a little elements of things that work for Mage. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the whole Scotling uh, to steal an Ant Man arc is probably going to be what they're going for mm-hmm. with a mix of Ultimate stuff. But I haven't read any Ultimate Ant Man. I don't Neither know if you guys. There is very much Ultimate Ant Man. I really because the movie. What you're talking about, uh, uh, Ryan, is actually my one of my favorite versions of Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric O'Grady okay. is uh, is a just like he's kind of a douche. <laughs> he, like, he ends up being ant-man and he's like he's like i'm gonna use the ant-man outfit to like get chicks and steal money and they're like, talking about myself if they're talking about the so script cool. problems was problems with the moral center of ant-man let yeah, me put it this way yeah, i could see how that would fit let me put it this way erico grady has ridden around in multiple different uh cleavage sets oh, of gosh. the marvel universe mm-hmm. because oh, he can't so, so it, I would love to see that movie, and I really, <laughs> really wish that they'll invite him back if it goes that way, but it, I don't won't. see it going that yeah. way. So it's kind of like if Robin were to be like, hey, want to see the Batcave? <laughs> so, it's, so it's like Batman Forever. Yeah, oh. so it's like Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> Just oh, be boy. like, I'm a superhero now. Check it out. Anyway. Also, also, he's like, oh, um, so there's some money over here, and nobody's going to notice that, so I'm just going to shrink that money down, put it in my pocket. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so um, one other piece of news, though, Alan, that you, were kinda, you kind of mentioned a little bit pizza on news? Facebook this week. Well, um, pizza wish. news? What is that? So what is what is, is the other little piece of news that we, that we wanted to talk about? So it was brought to my attention earlier that um, the Netflix – up-and-coming Daredevil TV show that we're going to be getting oh, as yeah. cast its Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Char- Affleck. Charlie Cox. Oh, not Ben Affleck. Who's Charlie uh, Cox? What has he cast done? As uh, Matt Murdock. Uh, that's a very good question. Can somebody answer that for me? Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I know him before but. in things. Um, what about stuff? No, no stuff. probably not so much stuff. <laughs> uh, do, do, do known for Tristan Thorne in Stardust, and oh, more I recently like for his supporting role in second and third seasons of Boardwalk Empire. Okay, um, okay. which I don't watch, but I hear is really good. Um, so I've heard good things about that too. He's got some stuff under his belt. He's an actor. I don't know. He's, he's in the, Downton. He looks like he could pull it off. Like just he just looks like a no, uh, like look. a nice guy. He looks like a Matt Murdock. I can see it. So the the conversation I had about this uh, this particular project though is how are they going to represent um, 
Daredevil? Are they going to go the uh, red Batman route and make him very brooding? Mm. Or are they going to tie it in with the more recent Wade run and make him kind of more lighthearted, action-y type? I know what I vote for. Uh, what if what if we split yeah. the difference? Yeah, that's what I would say. Let's split the difference. Let's have a little bit of each. Let's make it fun and interesting, but you can still have a little bit. He has to be like, Hell's Kitchen is awful. I'm the Red Batman. There's a reason they call it Hell's Kitchen. It's because oh, yes. I'm it's a hot. devil. Get a daredevil. I've been Affleck. I dare you. Matt Damon. Check oh. out this sweet CG rat. <laughs> let's let's, hey, let's fight in the playground. Hey, I can't look. even. Oh, gosh, that movie. Hey, check it out. There's Chef Gordon Ramsay coming this way because <laughs> it's Hell's Kitchen. He's yeah. gonna tell me. That one's to for get you, Adrian. That's <laughs> boy. Really well, 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 what remains to be seen? I'm interested. I'm so willing to get or unseen because he's blind. Oh, oh. There. all right. Well, on. that's, that's that it. We're done now. Well, that, <laughs> that's that why will, this show is free. That will wrap up back matter for this issue. Um, but before we go, of course, we want to talk about what we're going to be doing next time. So, of course, as we mentioned earlier for first prints we are going to be continuing with watchmen just another reminder uh issues five six seven and eight of watchmen so if you didn't read those first four chapters now's the time get all caught up remember though pace yourself because alan moore is some heavy heavy stuff um so for here's my issue though for next time uh let's go around the group and kind of say what we're bringing for here's my issue alan what book will you be bringing next time for here's my issue um i'm bringing a slightly older book but one of my uh favorite little uh, arcs that was done um, it, it's sort of an event, Ryan. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, it's uh, The Amazing Spider-Man number 666, The Beginning of Spider Island. I retract okay. my it's sold okay. on this based on the issue number alone. <laughs> oh, metal I like cool it. islands. All right, Spider-Man. We haven't really read much Spider-Man on I here. know, okay. and that's why I think it's going to be... It's gonna be. Oh, I'm sorry, written by Dan Slott. Okay. Oh, um, okay. So, I like his stuff. So and he's still writing Spider-Man, so yep. this is actually going to be... Well, it'll be interesting. I like islands, I don't like spider they have really good cheese fries. islands. <laughs> so, okay, um, Chewie, what are you going to be bringing next time? So, I thought, hey, you know, like, Ryan likes crypt- cryptids, and that's why I brought cryptozo- uh, Cryptozoic Man, but apparently that fell, fell flat. <laughs> um, but I did plan on the next book uh, ahead of time, and I'm still mm. going to bring it. Um, kind of deals a little bit with cryptids, but mm. transferring uh, out of a bee a movie type of setting and a little bit darker. And one of my favorite authors, um, I'm going to bring something by Scott Snyder, mm-hmm. okay. um, drawn by Sean Murphy, and the Ooh. name of the book is called The Wake. Okay, oh, I've cool. been meaning to read that. Yeah, I cool. think... Cool. Yeah, me too. I actually thought about bringing that. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, the, the Wake, I think, is uh, supposed to be total a 12-issue run, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but issue one of The Wake, uh, you can find it in trade form at your nice. bookstore, digital. Get The Wake from... Scott Snyder. Cool. Number one. So I was going to bring, I know I gave you guys a choice last time of happy or heavy, and I was going to bring the heavy book, but with I'm, well, what with Watchmen happening right now, I'm going to kind of hold off on the heavy heavy book until after we're all done with Watchmen. So I'm going to bring something a little more kind of lighthearted and fun and kind of in keeping with our theme with, with Lumberjanes this week of, of strong female characters. Uh, I'm going to bring uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, of course, by the way, uh, the wife of our beloved Matt Fraction. Yes. Um, very nice lady. We met her at WonderCon. And uh, mm-hmm. the artist Dexter Soy. I'm going to be bringing uh, the first issue of the 2012 run of uh, Captain Marvel. So uh, something fun. I kind of just recently kind of started reading this book and fell in love with it. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that next time. Ryan, what are you going to be bringing? All right. I'm, I'm, I was, I was debating for a while. I'm so I'm I'm deciding to go just really bizarre and obscure. Uh, I'm bringing a book called street angel. 
Uh, I'm bringing okay. in number five. Okay. Uh, so Street Angel right now, as it exists, is completely out of print. Um, but it is being reprinted this summer. Oh, cool. Uh, in cool hardback form and stuff. So Sweet. I'll be bringing issue number five, uh, cool. which is the last issue of the series. Awesome. Well, uh, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. Of course, we've reached the end of our uh, episode of Four Color Commentary issue, as it were. Um, but we want to, uh, as always, thank you all for listening. And uh, before we go, uh, uh, like we do every single time, we want to remind you, it takes more than just a crazy beard to write like Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> It takes his name, too. I'm Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chewy. I'm Ian. And I'm Ryan. Stay near mint, everybody. Good night. This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.